Live from Sacramento. Live from Sacramento. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. We are live. Oh, and the NBA is back. We've had too much time off. The last time the Kings played a game was last Tuesday. But tonight at the G1C, the playoff push is here, Morgan Reagan. The Kings trying to end the 16-year playoff drought. And it all starts tonight against Ding Dalla and the Portland Trailblazers, who are going to be a little tired and grumpy, Morgan. Why? They were stuck on a plane last night. They weren't able to take off until this morning. Their routine's completely broken and shattered, and the Kings have a good opportunity to take advantage. We'll be talking about that today on the show. Morgan, how are you? Ooh, I'm great. I love when you come in with a little heat. What's that supposed to mean? Um, uh, it was a compliment. It was just a compliment. There was no backhanded there compliment. There was no. ill intent. It's just, you come in today and you come in because you're feeling good about yourself. You've got oh. a little pep in your step because Morgan got highlights done. First time in like eight years, baby. Yeah. Dude. It, I mean, I, you get to a point where you're the grays are coming in. You're like, I got to cover that up. It's no. Just, you don't want to. I didn't cover my grays. My grays are right here. Oh, you're I, telling me you told them, hey, 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 I know you're highlighting my hair, but definitely do not touch the grays. He he knew that I uh, like have been um, appreciating my seven gray hairs. I really do. I think there's something like sexy about them. And like, yeah, I'm becoming a cougar quick. <laughs> Is that good? Okay. okay. I'm a cougar. Is that what cougar sounds like? Uh, <laughs> it's a little older than cougar. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm a cougar. That's like a dying cougar. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's like a, a saber-toothed tiger. Yeah, what, yeah, is that what we call like a 90-year-old that's chasing like 60-year-olds? Okay, I don't know. I don't know what it was I'm going for, but either way, I like a few grays and a little bit of blonde highlights. So what, what inspired this? This change? This is kind of drastic. Um, Sometimes when you have like, just like... uh. Well, I don't oh, okay. want to make it sound bad. When you have yeah. like a little bit of like anxiety attacks or mental breakdowns that like come together into one place uh, and you're like, ah, what can I control? I can control my hair color. So I'm going to make that change. And that's what I did. I just said, do it. Let's go. Have people in the chat liking the, uh, liking the hair. Thank you. Well, congratulations. I'm- Still not as good as my hair, but yeah, because I'm all natural, just so you're aware. Well, I've been natural. I had virgin hair for eight years and then- I went um, to highlights. What? You said you've dyed your hair before. I know, but just like virgin hair, it just sounds weird to me. That's what they call it. No, it's just, you've just been saying some weird things yesterday. Like you said, what'd you say? You're sober curious right now? Like I I, I let that fly yesterday, but because you're doing like non-alcoholic wine trying to take off my was That was very good. You you didn't say you were, but you said some people are sober curious. Yeah. What's wrong with that? That's like, that's the term that people are never. I've never heard the term before, but- I knew exactly what you were talking about, dude. It's it's a it's a it's like a new wave, a new a new term that people are using because oh, yeah, the whole okay. non-alcoholic. Uh, I see what we're doing. What are we doing? What are oh, we doing? Just, I got highlights. I'm trying to use cool terms. I'm trying to stay hip. I'm trying to cover up my grays. You're dealing with again. The, my grays are there. You are facing. You're you're trying to handle reality, which is you're just an aging person, and that can be challenging for some people. That's not. Ju- I, 
I appreciate age. I just said I wanted to be a cougar with a cigarette in my hand, <laughs> okay. looking old and sounding old. Come on. That's not sustainable. I don't smoke, by the way. Uh, we are going to have a lot of fun today. Hell yeah. Uh, our guy Combo, Andrew Serlip. We call him Combo. Yeah. He has an awesome podcast. He played pro ball overseas. Uh, he is a hooper. He's going to stop by at noon today to talk some Kings and some NBA. And then... The icon, the legend, the G-Man Gary Gerald will be live with us at 1 o'clock. You know, a couple of things. What? Greg Van Dusen, former King's vice president, passed away yesterday. Yeah. Right? And he was responsible for a lot of things. But one of the things he was responsible for was hiring the G-Man Gary Gerald. So cool. So cool. That's a big deal. And G-Man's been calling games for 38 seasons. So we'll reflect on that. And then also talk some Kings with him as he approaches 3,000 career games on the call for the Sacramento Kings. Wild. Congrats. It's so cool. I mean, G-Man is just like top-notch human being, but like top-notch broadcaster. Just so good in every everything that he does. And yeah. he's had to call a lot of garbage. A lot of oh, so much. trash <laughs> We're going to ask him about that. Like, yeah. how, how mentally, how have you dealt with that? <laughs> 38 years. Because we, we interact with a lot of fans. We're all fans. We haven't been fans for all 38 years. Mm-mm. I wasn't alive. Mm-mm. There a lot of people who listen to the show are like, I don't remember 1985. I don't remember the 1990 Kings. There are definitely some driving around right now who remember. Yeah. But G-Man's been at every game. Those games you used to skip back in the day because they weren't televised. He was there calling the games, right? Yep. Yeah, the random Tuesday night game that you read about in the paper the next day because they lost in Charlotte by 50. Yeah. He was at that game watching it. And you know what's wild? He's experienced trauma. Even with all the trauma and awful basketball he has watched, I'm telling you, listen to him on the call. Is always just present there completely calling the game no matter what season it is no matter what game it is just equally yeah. right like it's just he he cares so much about the art form of broadcasting and calling game and i just i respect him so damn much well he's going to be with us at one o'clock and we'll talk about the kings uh next 25 games it's big and then we'll look ahead at Kings Blazers. This sounds like my transition here is going to sound so like lame. Oh, I love it. Hey, what do you think of the weather yesterday? Huh? <laughs> How about the weather? <laughs> hey, this weather is wild. It was seventy degrees last week, and now I mean, it wasn't snowing yesterday. Honestly, though, wow. I at one point yesterday, uh-huh. I ran outside to the backyard because I'm doing some prep for Stockton Kings broadcast, and I am prepping away, and I look and I see something. Like, I remember hearing about snow in the forecast potentially. Yeah. yeah. And I swear there was snow. I ran out there like it was going to be a snow day. Like we were going to be off for the next two weeks getting snowed in or something. I was that excited. You start, your imagination starts going. Yeah. And then people are like, no, that was hail. Apparently it was not hail either. It was not hail, but. I- it, it was a uh, grapple. Have you heard of grapple? No. Because <laughs> we're not some, we don't live in the Midwest. How are we supposed to know what this like yeah. garbage weather is? Yeah. Grapple? Exactly. Grapple. Uh, Grapple is snowflakes that collect supercooled water droplets on the outer surface from when it's very cold, but there are above freezing temps at the surface. The texture is soft and wet. That's what we got yesterday. We got grapple, which is pretty much snow. Snow. Snow, <laughs> snow adjacent. It's snow. Definitely snow adjacent. No, it's snow. Okay. 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 Quick, quick question. Um, when did you 
choose to look that up? Like it, right no. when it was falling or no, today? I didn't look it up. Okay, I follow the National Weather Service oh. of Sacramento on Twitter, so I'm aware of the rain. And they said it was grapple. They were t- they were explaining the differences between grapple and hail because I've seen it. We've all seen hail. Yeah. That wasn't hail yesterday. No. You know, it hits the ground hard. It, this was soft. It looked like snow. Can't- I got so excited. I, I'm like, oh my God, it's snowing. And I look, it's 52 outside. So everyone might have a story of where they were or what they were doing when this was happening. I was obviously in a hair salon because I guess when you get highlights, I didn't realize this. You're there for like four hours. Or awful. I don't even know how I'm going to have time for this on non-off days, but who cares? And everyone, I'm in my chair, wet or whatever, foils, and everyone runs to the door. And I'm like, is is yeah, there a fire? Man. Is there something else were we, going on? Were we at the same place at the same time? Did that happen to you? Yeah. Okay. And that's where I'm curious if where everyone else was. Because if you were in public and the grapple was coming down, everyone sprints to the door. And I'm like, I'm going to die. I can't move. I'm going to die. And then they're like, it's snowing. It's snowing. Okay, cute little salon. Like, let's not. I might run have started so that fast. rumor too. What? What? Because I just yelled out, "It's snowing!" And then everyone came into my barber's room and was just looking out the window. God, it would have been so magical to have some snow. Go to Tahoe, bro. Go to Tahoe. Okay, I I know Tahoe's close. Okay, I've been in the snow before. It's not like I'm like I've never seen snow, and I just wanted it to be snow. It's there's something different when it's your hometown, and it's like it doesn't snow here. So, does anyone remember the snow? Like, I feel like it was uh, 2010, 2000. No, nobody. No. There was it, early 2000s. We had snow in Sacramento. I do remember that. Yeah, like 2002. Okay, or maybe it was 2002. Either way, I just remember I remember it snowing uh, near and around Sacramento around that time. Probably like around the last time the Kings were in the playoffs. <sighs> long yeah. time. Long, long time. Long it was the time. last time that we saw snow, and now we're seeing something close to snow, which means that we're probably seeing the Kings close to the playoffs. That's Nailed what that it. means. That's what it means. Um, man, this is exciting. Which wait, which <laughs> 25 games oh. left? There's meaning. The Kings play the Blazers tonight. You're at Golden One Center. It's going to be loud. Yeah. The last time we were there, it was an unbelievable atmosphere. I'm excited to see how the Kings look coming out tonight. There's a lot of things in their favor for sure. (laughs) And I don't just go by what they say during press conferences or media sessions. Yeah. But it does sound like they all have kind of the same mindset. It's like, all right, what's got to be better? Everyone's talking about the defense has to be better. We have to be better defensively. I've got some crazy defensive numbers to share later on the show. Oh, about the Kings? About the Kings, how they are in the first half versus the second half of games. Oh, yeah, okay. It's pretty intriguing stuff. But, yeah, I, I'm just I'm curious what it's going to be like because you've got Davion Mitchell, who was talking to the media yesterday, Harrison Barnes, all these players, Malik Monk, and they're all talking about, like, this is, this is the playoffs start now. Yeah. And it's true. Like, this is... The separation between where the Kings are at in the lottery is not like it's 25 games. I'm looking at it here. The Kings are only three games above the play-in bracket right now. They're only four and a half games out of the lottery. And it just goes to show you how insane the Western Conference is. You look at the Blazers. The Blazers are under 500 right now. We're going, that's not a good team, right? Like... You know they're a half game out of the play. I was just about to say, where are they at? Okay. Half game out of the plan. And I believe 
They're just two games out of the sixth spot in the West. They're on the outside looking in. But a good stretch, they could be in the top six. And this is why it's so exciting. We need to understand, we haven't seen anything like this. And I know what you're thinking. Yeah, the Kings haven't been in the playoff yeah. conversation. No. What we're seeing in the West and the separation between 3 and 12, it's pretty wild. And this is why it makes it feel like the playoff start today. Does it? Okay, here's a question for you. Does it kind of suck that out of all years oh, no. for the Kings no. that this is the year that the West is packed up? Or is it like, oh, I love this stuff. This is great. I, I want you to have this type of mindset now because okay. we always talk about like, hey, man, how much experience do they have? You look up and down this roster, the Kings don't have a ton of guys that have NBA playoff experience. Kevin Herter does. Harrison Barnes does. Who am I missing? There's probably a couple others that I'm just not thinking of at the top playoff of Playoff experience. Sabonis. Yep, there you go. So it's not like you have a, a ton of players who have made amazing deep runs, right? Right. There is a different level of focus and engagement coming. And I think the Kings understand that. Now, it's one thing to understand it. Now you got to go do it on the floor. And I don't care that Portland's below 500. They're playing for something. They need to win. They're shorthanded. There's a lot of things going against Portland tonight. I want to talk more about this, and I know we have to break, but this is one more thing. It's just funny because when we were having the conversation yesterday, you and I, and we thought we were saying the same thing we weren't. And then you asked Jason Gallagher about the Kings in the Western Conference and other teams and how they portray the Kings. I'm telling you, I think all these teams that are bunched up are respecting every single one right now, each other. Okay. I do. I do. You, you had to say it before the break so I wouldn't, like, jump you. Hell That's yeah. what it was. Hell yeah. We're going to be back in 60 seconds <laughs> on the radio side, but we're always live, even during the breaks, at YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Deuce and Mo on Sports. Kings and Blazers tonight. There's a buzz in the year. The Kings. The playoff push starts tonight Ooh. in Sacramento. Oh, it's a shorthanded Blazers team, a little banged up. And uh, we don't have an update on the Blazers status, but I believe they are in the air right now. This is pretty bizarre stuff, right? Like teams don't usually travel day of game, yeah. right? The Blazers were trying to leave last night from Portland. And? Weather was a big time factor. They were on the tarmac for seven hours last night before they went, all right, we're going to try to leave tomorrow around 10 a.m. So the Blazers are traveling day of game, meaning it's completely out of routine for them. Usually for a typical game day for a team, they get in the night before. This morning, right around this time, they're probably doing a shoot around, yeah. a walk through. They go back, maybe eat, get some treatment, take a nap, then back at the arena, probably 3.34, 4.30, depending on what time they're supposed to be there. They're probably not going to land until like noon. By the time they get to their rooms and check in, they're pretty much having to get ready and go to the arena. So you and I were talking a little bit about this before the show, and <sighs> seven hours waiting on a plane. I said to Deuce, I was like, I know these guys – not only had to wait seven hours, and then they got to sleep in their own beds, right? Because they all went back home and were like, okay, we got to take a plane the next morning, whatever. I'm like, 
going back home even, depending on where you live and then in a snowed-in place like Portland, it's still got to be rough. I mean, we're talking about taking you out of routine. Like, you talk about the guys in Sacramento. Think about some guys, if they had to drive from Sacramento, they were stuck for seven hours, and then they had to drive back to Folsom or El Dorado Hills or wherever that way. It's a long-ass day. Uh, uh, yeah, the good news for them is they're able to go back to their house. And right? I said that. No, I know. I'm just saying just this has happened on the road before where it's like then you have to go check into a hotel when you already just checked out. It, it's a mess. It's happened to teams before, but this is a little better situation. But you're right. It completely messes up your day. Also, seven hours on a tarmac? Seven hours. I'm sorry. I, Which hour are you off? Am I high maintenance for going, I'm off after hour two? Ooh. Maybe three is my cutoff. Okay. There is no chance. Like, if we're at three and it's like, yeah, we don't know. I'm like, well, let's just leave tomorrow. What? Seven hours? What's your cutoff, Chris? And these are NBA players. Yeah. No, I think I think you just, like, you're hoping to, no. to get out. Boo. No. You no, need no. to become more high maintenance. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm with I you, am dude. furious. Like, if I'm Dame Lillard, I am not, I'm not making a, a rap song while I'm there, which that was cool. We'll play it. But like I am, I'm going up to Chauncey Billups. Going, we gotta call this man. This is Dame time. We gotta go. Of course, Deuce would be the one that makes the call. I would be the one. There's no way I'm sitting on it. What do you do for seven hours on a plane? Hour four would be probably my cutoff, and I'd be like, Oh no, 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 we're not going anywhere. So we are going home. Like I would make the call for everybody at that point, I feel like you would be complaining about it after hour three. Like, um, what are we doing here? I'll be honest. I'd be complaining after about 90 minutes. Oh, God. The the bad thing is, is like, I think once you're on the plane, you have no call on it anymore. It's, isn't it? We can't leave? We can't just like walk off the plane? No. Okay, then you know what I'm saying? Okay, well, I know the emergency instructions. Boom! I'm hitting the door. I'm doing the inflatable, and then all the players are just jumping out and going to their cars. Can you imagine that? You just see I, Dame. Honestly, if you were on an NBA team, yes, yeah. I could absolutely imagine this. Oh my God, Deuce! I I I get it. I get it. Either way, these guys somehow waited it out for seven hours. Then they went back and slept in their own beds. Left today. The other thing I was saying to you is, yeah, the Kings need to capitalize on them being tired. As it's, long as you've got Wi-Fi and chargers, you're fine. That's not true. That's Who wants to be sitting? Yeah, I don't care if even I have an audiobook. I'm like sitting still, not getting a second thing done while listening to an audiobook to me yeah. is a waste of life. Day made the most of the time. He wrote oh, yeah. a song and then they they video Taped it, videotaped. Yeah. It. I just caught myself they saying that. So they, they wrote a rap song and they took out a camera and recorded it. I just, what's wrong with me? Why is that? Why am I saying it like that? Because you're old, dude. Oh. I got seven grays and you have some All right, well, old ass lingo. So Chris said he edited this, which is I can't wait to hear it because I watched this this morning and team is just beyond talented. Yeah. What he does, the fact that he put together a song that was like this good okay. on the plane while waiting. Uh, but there are a lot of F-bombs and stuff in there. As there should so be. So let's uh, hear how it went down the plane. Oh my God, this is happening again, huh? This is happening again. It's Would you okay. like me to play it, Deuce? No, you know what I want, Chris? I just want it to work. I'm going to try it again. I'm trying it again. Do you have the uh, PC out. up in there? It's up. Okay. Hey. 
stuck up in the snow. Guess we fly this tomorrow. Rookies know I keep a clip, won't change what I'ma get tomorrow. Back stuck on the plane, I might have to buy a fit tomorrow. In this cuffin' weather, grab your bitch, you might get hit tomorrow. Drew gon' set the pick, I'm pulling up from 40. Pretty good. Wow. I would have just been in the background going, F this plane. F this plane. <laughs> this plane and i would be the teammate that's in the corner like i'm not participating i'm pissed i want to be home there's no way there's no and i i'm actually it makes me respect dame this is what the quality of human being yes. is that dame is like no like let's all make a song together let's do an activity let's it all hang so out good I, mean, I would be furious <laughs> i'm done and I would be the one going like, "Hey guys, come on, let's let's do something." Oh, Chris, you heads for up, sh- seven up. For I would sure. be, I'd be like, "Why not just take a bus right now? We can just hop on a bus, or let me just go home." Here's an idea: let oh. me go home and call me when the plane is ready. Deuce, right now his energy is giving like he's on the oh, plane right yes. now. <laughs> yeah. You are upset. I am upset, and this is what the Blazers have to deal with tonight. <laughs> they're coming. They're in the. They're flying right now. Well. So we think. I mean, they probably are flying right now. And, yeah. Um. And really quick too, that that rap. I hope he records it somewhere else because it, it was good. Is really good. Yeah. The line in there that shooter in the locker room like we're the wizards. That was really good. That right. one was- reference of uh of course Gilbert Arenas and Javaris Crittenton. Um. Which is still insane. Like they just brought guns in the locker room. How is there not a Netflix what? documentary about that? Yeah. There will be one day. One day. Um. But yeah. Now. You had some team bonding. You're short some guys. You had a weird schedule headed into Sacramento. It's not going to be easy for the Blazers, but we've also seen the Kings lose after being rested on their home floor before and against teams that were shorthanded before going to the Philadelphia 76ers, right? No Anthony Simons. Yep. No Nurkic. Justice Winslow, who destroyed the Kings that game on opening night, he's not playing. They do have Matisse Thibel in the fold now. Cam Reddish, who's going to start for them? We've seen Thibel and Reddish in the starting lineup, but there could be some tweaks tonight. We'll talk more about that game and... A big-time coaching move in the NBA could be coming. Oh, we got to talk about that. It's Deuce and Moe. It's on Sacktown Sports. It's Deuce and Moe. Deuce and Moe. Sacktown Sports. Man, the Kings are being featured in the New York Times. Woo! I actually thought it was kind of cool. It was. The headline was, Sacramento's latest craze is like a bat signal. I saw who wrote the story. Mm-hmm. And of course, I did not write it down. Is it Kellen Browning? Um, I have it. Let me know. Because I believe he's from Sacramento. Yeah, it so is. So credit to him for force, uh, forcing a Sacramento King story. Yep. Kellen Browning. I was right. You were right. Uh, I love one quote in there from Doug Christie. It's like the bat signal. It's taken on a life of its own. That's so cool. And it's it's not exaggerating. I mean, when you look at what people around the league and the basketball world, 
are saying, and then people that aren't even basketball fans, but you're just in this city, and you're like, oh, I love the whole, like, light the beam. And, oh, even the person, the guy that did my hair, not a sports fan, and he went to a game, and he was like, oh, I went to a game that they lost, but all I wanted to see was that beam. Mm. I thought that was so cute. Even our guy, Young Zell. Yeah? He performed his Light the Beam song today on Good Day Sacramento. Dude, congrats. That's awesome. Yeah, people are digging it. So it's cool to see it get some national attention in the New York Times. So that's awesome. And now the you ho- failing New York Times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what's so? F- you want to know a little secret for me? I, this is ba- you know this I, is really bad. Support journalism for sure. Support but, journalism. Well, I did that for a second, but you know it's so expensive. It is. It's so expensive. And let's just say we pay for sub stacks, like all yeah, the yeah, NBA yeah. ones. You don't yes. have to justify okay, it. But okay. here's what I do. But when I want to read the New York Times, I search on Google New York Times plus 72 hours plus library. And libraries around the country allow you to get a free three-day trial. So that's what I do all the time. Nice. Yeah. It's a good little ha- – hey, it's a little hack. You're welcome. That's how I read the story. Little hack. Yeah. You can do it too. I mean, it's there for a reason. It is there. I mean, they it's an option. Okay. It's not even a hack. You're using the library. Yeah, you know, but today you call anything that's uh, more efficient a hack, you know? Yeah. Life hack. Life, life hack. hack. It's there a life hack, absolutely. You should make that a TikTok. So the Kings are right now, the latest I looked, uh, yesterday they were favored by five points in this game, which is like, okay, that's yeah. pretty good. Now it's up to six and a half points. Because of everything. Because of the issues. I mean, I do think this is a game for Sacramento where you're just like, you got to win this game. And I'm not like, I don't subscribe to the J-Mars thing or what other fans say when they drop must win every other game. It's like, well, no, because a must win means you have to win it. Uh, Otherwise, it's done. But it's such an important game. And we talk about the Kings not taking advantage when they've got the rest advantage and sometimes not taking advantage of teams who are shorthanded. The Blazers are all, all of that tonight, and they, although before the break in the last 15 games, have been killing it offensively, number one in offensive rating. They are beyond dead last in defensive rating. This is a bad defensive team. They don't got Nurk down there. No Simons. I know they got Dame, but you got to take care of business tonight. There's, there's a lot of reasons why when you look at this game tonight and you go, and why even J-Mars feels compelled to say it's a must-win. I understand the thought process, um, especially because when you look at all the pieces that are coming out in this last couple of days, the media scrums at practice and what Mike Brown is saying about these last 25 games and how they feel they have a target on their back, they're hunted, all these different things. If that is the mentality and that's how you feel, then that is why a game like tonight is how you have to start yep. showing, hey, this isn't just our mentality. This is also how we're going to take action. It's also like there's 25 games left. Like that's, it, There's not a lot. That's going to go by really, really fast. Yeah, and I, I, I think tonight it's – We've seen this happen before, though, Deuce, and that's why I'm not part of that group that are the, hey, must win, they have to get things done. I'm not there because this team, in my opinion, has proven that they are a good team in the NBA, in this league. But they've also have shown me times how 
their defensive flaws shine through and don't allow them to take over in some games that they're well-rested and can't even show up on that end of the floor and rotate over and talk it up and communicate. Their team defense is not always locked in. It's not. And we'll talk more about those issues throughout the day because they got to be locked in. And it doesn't have to be great, but some of the numbers I have coming up, their first half versus second half defense numbers and their fourth quarter defense. When do I get these numbers? I'm excited. In a second. Okay. But I want to ask you about Quinn Snyder. What about him? Uh, this Hawks thing seems real. I know. Like they could be reaching a deal soon. I know. Shams put it out there. They've started formal discussions. Huh. What's, it, what's that like? Huh. What's a, what? What's the definition? Hey, of we kind of and they sit down and like they're all dressed up nice. You can't say sup. So, oh, we are here hello, to discuss sir. a head coaching opening. Well, thank you so much for considering me. Uh, a meeting between one or more representatives of the agency yeah. and one or more of the employees in the unit. It's obviously pretty serious. And yes. they had a vor- <laughs> they had a virtual meeting on Wednesday. <laughs> mm, that's like lightweight serious. A virtual meeting? That's like Do you uh, think that was a Zoom meeting or were they in like uh what, what's that Facebook land where they all have avatars? Oh meta. <laughs> They're in meta. It's like when Quinn Snyder's has a little meta avatar walking around. No, 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 turn around. Yeah. Turn around. no turn turn around. Where? No. I'm, no other, I don't see you. <laughs> no no around. Uh, uh, no around. <laughs> exactly. So um No Snyder's I no. guess out of the country. But the sides are working on a potential in-person meeting in the very near future. But apparently, it's pretty serious. I am one surprised. You know, Snyder hasn't even been out for a year now. Yeah. And he looked like, you saw him at the end of the Jazz tenure. It was kind of like when presidents go in the office and you see the, in the office and you see the before and afters. And you're like, wow, like they aged a lot. That's what Quinn Snyder was like when he first got the job till now. You're like, dude, he needs a break. And maybe he got the break. But now he may be electing to go into a situation where the Hawks are chaotic. Yes. He could probably get any NBA job opening he wants. Why would he take the Hawks job? Here's my question. Why would he take the Hawks job when how long in the postseason or in the offseason were we talking about Quinn Snyder in the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, that's the one that's the most intriguing to me. Because how long's Pop going? Let's be honest. How long's Pop going? That's why I'm asking. It's like that was something that was where our conversation yeah. was at. And that's the Lakers were one that got mentioned, but right. obviously they go with Darvin Ham. And and you look at the connection he has with Pop and everything that would happen with the San, with the Spurs organization. Maybe get when, Victor. I mean, hmm. all of it. Right, right. And if that was if that was the next piece that was gonna happen there, like all of those things. I mean, well, and then you even look at Houston and where they're landing and then are they have yeah. Victor um, uh, team as well. And they're probably going to get rid of uh, Steven Silas. And so it's, yeah, there's going to be other openings. Why would you I, do I, all this right now for the Hawks? And maybe it's part of what we talk about. We'd look at the team on paper and we're like, Trey Young? DeJounte Murray? Yeah. Uh, Bogey, John Collins. We did. We did give them love. Okongwu. Like, you've got pieces yeah. there that should be better. Can he get more out of this team, provide them the the structure and accountability that can help them go in a better direction? I just think you're walking into a, a weird time where you've had front office changes. The ownership's kind of weird. That's been chronicled in The Athletic. And I think you're walking into a situation where Trey Young is like, do I want to be here long term? Right. So... 
I don't know. I, I think that's a tough one for him to to be interested in. So I was just really surprised at that. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. But at the same time, um, we always say it, too. At the end of the day, there's only 30 of these jobs, and they go really fast. And this is exactly an but example But he can get any job, Any right? job. Any job. I mean, come on. How any many opening. times did we see his name connected to so many different yeah. openings? Like, everyone wanted to talk to him. I think the only one... It, when it was Sacramento, it was like there was an interest from his side. Which could you blame him at the time? At the time, they didn't. Show now they anything. all want to show oh, up. Huh? Yeah. huh? Now you're asking for Mike Brown's job, huh? Now they want our assistance. Yeah, you stay. Get get back. You don't get Jordy. Get back. He's ours. He's not going anywhere. Nope. Nowhere. Whether he likes it or not, <laughs> we're gonna tie him down. All right, speaking of the Kings, big game against the Blazers. I have some wild defensive numbers Ooh, that we have to talk about. Oh, I know. And we'll do that coming up next <laughs> on Sackdown Sports. Live and local. It's Deuce and Mo. Watch the show now on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen for free on the Sacktown Sports app. Yeah, if you haven't checked out the YouTube page, you better check it out. We're live every single day. The chat is popping. We appreciate all those hanging out there. And if you haven't yet, make sure to hit that like or thumbs up button to help our channel grow. Also, download that free Sacktown Sports app so you can get content, including Frankie Cardicelli's work. He covers the Kings. He just put out a game preview for tonight's Kings-Blazers game. His Blazers team could be a little groggy. It sounds like their flight is maybe just taking off within the last half hour to land in Sacramento. And it's like, what, a 90-minute flight? Um, Easy flight. I don't know. Either way, though, it's like what we've been saying. It's the seven hours yesterday, mm-hmm. going back home, having to come back to the airport today, not being in your regular routine with how you're usually in an NBA city to take on that team um, with your shoot-around and everything. It's a lot. I have your weird defensive numbers. You've been waiting for Thank you. I've been waiting like 45 minutes. So we all they think the Kings are a joke defensively. They have been for a long time, although they have shown better stretches this year under Mike Brown. So okay. not a great defensive team, but they're in like the low 20s as a defensive rating. Okay. But when you look at it, first half of games versus second half of games is pretty crazy. Should I guess which one's good and which one's yeah. bad? Yeah, which one do you think is good and bad? Okay. Um, I'm going to guess... The bad is to start the game. The good is the end end of the game. Okay. Well, you are absolutely correct. The first half of games, the Kings ranked 25th in defensive rating. In the second half of games, they rank 13th. You want to know where they rank in the fourth quarter? Yeah. Oh, don't tell me it's that good. Ninth. A top 10? Yes, and now, and I know a couple people who were asking me about, okay, but what about their offense? Does that mean their offense is bad in the second half? In the first half of games, I mentioned 25th in defensive rating. Yeah. They're 8th in offensive rating okay. in the first half. In the second half, they're 13th in defensive rating uh, and 2nd in offensive rating. So their offense just gets better as their defense gets better. In the fourth quarter when they're ninth in defensive rating? Don't say it. 2nd in okay. offensive rating. It feels like this team is like they're close. They're they're close. So you uh-huh. string together just a few more minutes of good defense, then they can maybe be better than we think down the stretch in the final twenty five games. They just have to be. And look, I understand like all the pushback I get from people is like, well, they've been really healthy. 
Their starting five has played the most minutes of any starting five in the NBA. They are getting ready to play a really tough schedule. I believe it's the second most difficult schedule in the NBA based on strength of schedule. But when you look at those numbers... I don't know. They're kind of encouraging in a way. It's like, I don't know. I'm not trying to make it this simple, but like, hey, come out a little better. It's fine to simplify the numbers like that and to break it down and be like, yeah, start the game a little bit more engaged, would you? Because it shows that when you play good defense, um, you have good offense come from that. Or, I mean, just maybe even it's just an energy thing. Like when you're just playing well defensively because it takes so much effort, it helps with the way that you're playing offensively or it helps with the way that you are making sure teams not getting second chance opportunities. The Kings average the second fewest blocks per game and the 10th fewest steals, right? So you look at the way that they're still not being aggressive enough with their perimeter pressure, but also they don't have all the bigs and the length in the world when it comes to middle. That's yeah. why Mike Brown makes sure that whenever someone's trying to go middle, push out of middle, keep out of middle, keep out of middle, because you want to keep guys out of there when you are lacking that size, that girth. So for the Kings, this is when you look at this too, it's a roster adjustment. It's not just a, hey, stay engaged, come out stronger. But part of it is stay engaged, sure. though, right? Like some of the stuff you're talking about is engagement. Now, there are going to be some sure. times where they just get beat because of their size, but uh, Anthony Slater wrote a piece in The Athletic just touching on some of the things you just talked about a bit. Mike Brown was talking about the pick and roll defense being the most crucial element for the Kings, talking about how it has to be on point. He says, yeah, the size is an issue sometimes. He says, if your backside is six foot three, six foot four, six foot five, instead of six eight, six nine, six ten, then those tags have to be early and they have to be higher. When that happens, it causes a chain reaction. On the ball, our pressure has to be on point getting over the screens. Our bigs have to be up to touch these guys mm-hmm. so they aren't getting ahead of steam downhill because we don't want to have a seven-footer at the rim. We don't have a seven-footer at the rim yes. to block shots. That means the protection from the vertical threat rolling has to be on point. Our rotations out of it have to be on point. And what I love about Mike Brown breaking this down, what he's talking about things being on point, it's the fundamentals needing to be on point. It's the footwork. It's the... Um, ability to recognize where you are at on the floor and where you need to be. You know, I mean, you look at, we were talking about uh, Davion Mitchell and just his screen navigation and how it's like elite and his one-on-one defense is elite. If everyone on this team and on a lot of teams had that type of screen navigation, it would make the world of a difference. This team defense, you wouldn't even, I wouldn't even be talking about roster construction because those little tweaks and having individuals have that elite type of defensive skills yes would make this team even better in the beginning before uh, in the beginning of games now we just need to see davion navigate the shot into the hoop like just into the basket mm. right god yep i i think the time off could be good for him for no i'm serious like he just he was in a major funk mm. shooting yeah i mean if they can get just more production out of him I think it goes a long way for this team because it's just when you get to a point where you don't feel like you could play him because he's a zero offensively, that's tough because of what he can provide defensively. It's it's tough, too, because he has such an elite skill, like you're saying, um, with his defense and not being able to bring it all out of him. It's going to be tough to see him go somewhere else 
possibly and figure it out, right? And and obviously that's going to come too because of situation and maturity, age, all of those things are going to come together. And But he, he has all of the things you want in a player when it comes to mentality, when it comes to um, his effort, his defense, and his ability to cross guys up and go by them. But then he lacks size, and right now he's lacking a little bit of confidence and just believing in himself and his ability uh, to do so much more on the offensive end. And that's what Mike Brown probably wants to see, just him believing in himself and, like, go. Well, they're going to have to be locked in. Uh, the Kings, as I mentioned, have the second toughest remaining strength of schedule in the West. Uh, Ten of their remaining 25 games will come against teams who are currently a top eight seed in the Western Conference. Aye, aye, aye. Aye, but you know what? They have to play the Kings, too. You know? Uh, yeah. There we go. No, it's Look so, at you. We always get caught up in, like, the schedule's tough. It's like, they have to play you. The Kings have a winning record. They, they do. They have won games this year. They have... I think in Sacramento, because of what Kings fans have gone through over the Thank last you. 16 years, that there there's a nervousness, there's an anxiousness, there is a belief that it could all go wrong at any point. And that's true. It can. But you also have to know where this team is at. Mm-hmm. And even through their offensive struggles a little bit before the break, still one of the best offensive teams in the league. They went from near the bottom of the NBA last year in offense to near the top this year. Yeah. It's a good team. Teams have trouble stopping this team. And that's it. And I have that belief that this really is a good team. I felt that way when, um, even when they were winning and losing games, but the way that they were playing games was giving me that, that, uh, that confidence in saying that they are a good team in this league. I think we... Every week when there's a different game and a different team, we always go, man, it's another test. It's another test. Another road trip. Another test. Test. But I truly believe every single game and every single week and month for this squad is a test because they keep showing up and telling us why. Believe us, we are this. But then when there's a moment, that's when we start not believing. And if that's going to, in these last 25 games, happen a lot more where they have those moments – that is when we go, sure, they're a good team, but they need to make a lot more improvements. First play I'm running tonight, What dribble handoff for Herter. We're getting him a shot early. I need him to get his confidence up. I need I need him to forget about what happened in Salt Lake City. Uh, with that? Let's get him going. That's, Deuce, you're asking a lot. Like, I hope, I would love to see a little dribble handoff. Boom, go, get Kevin Herter a nice early quick Three-point look. Herder have more threes than Dame tonight. Oh, God. But, I mean, he can also, like, come off that dribble handoff and just get work your mid-range game right no. away. Dame is I launching. Dur- during the last 15 games, he's yeah. launching almost 12 threes a game. Averaging just, I think, 36 points a game. Okay. Insane. All right, coming up next, we're going to catch up with Combo. Andrew Solop's his name. He's a host of Combo's Court Podcast. He's a basketball mind. He's Hoopa. a hooper. He's going to be joining us on the Folsom Lake Honda Hotline, Morgan. Folsom Lake Honda. One shop. Wait, what is it? Your one-stop shop, Honda, Honda shop. shop. Yeah, you got to remember the lyrics to our song. Okay. Your one-stop. One ho- stop. Okay, do it again. One-stop Honda shop. Your one-stop Honda shop. Your one-stop Honda shop. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. 
All right, we're going to talk about the Kings coming up. What is it going to take for them to stay in the top six? We'll bounce around the NBA, too. Plus, the G-man Gary Gerald joins us live at 1 o'clock. It's Deuce and Mo. It's Sacktown Sports. And Mo. On Sacktown Sports. Oh, Morgan Reagan. Yes. We are in late February. Yeah, we are. And the Kings are playing meaningful games. Oh, say it again. The Kings are playing meaningful games. And it starts tonight at Gold mm. One Center Kings and Blazers. We got to talk some more hoops with a guy that we like a lot. He's played. Pro ball. He's a hooper. He's the host of Combos Court. We've been on that podcast before. Yes, we have. I call him Combo. His name's Andrew Sollett, but we call him Combo. Combo! Welcome to the show. Woo! Thank you so much, guys. I love the shirts. I love the shirts. Oh. Deuce and Mo merch for Mo. And you took it back to the WCW days? Uh, yeah. Wow. The stunning Steve Austin. Yeah. Wow, That's great knowledge, man. dude. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's crazy. I mean, he wrestled for so many years where he wasn't a superstar. Yeah. Just really persistence, you know, just persistence and patience. And he finally became a superstar when it was all said and done. Yeah, it's interesting. We have What's that NBA comp? There's not really a comp for him, right? A guy that huh. came, I mean, I was trying to think like Chauncey Billups, but that Stone Cold was a mega star. He became like the best. Right. Yeah. I, I think maybe um, Kawhi. From his college years to the Spurs years okay. and then becoming the best player in the NBA. I guess that's somewhat of a comp, but you're right. There hasn't been anybody quite like him in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, he was in Drake's music video, you know, and everything. So, <laughs> Who's Stone Cold? That was a surprise when I saw the Drake's video. Yeah. That it was, was a surprise for everyone. <laughs> Dude, the last time we talked to you, we were on your podcast, I believe in November, and we were talking about the Kings, where we think they could be. Um, here we are as we start the final 25 games of the season for the Kings. They're in the number three spot for now, but big picture, they're seven games above 500 coming off an all-star weekend where they had two guys at the all-star game. Um, have you been surprised by the Kings season? No, I mean, we talked about this. I love the moves that they made. Um, I talked about how De'Aaron Fox had to be that guy if they wanted to win, and he's been that guy, mm. all-star level player. Um, I loved everything they've done since the Tyrese Halliburton trade. And I won't mention Luka Doncic. Oh, my fault, guys. <laughs> Watch your mouth. But no, they've been great. And Mike Brown, to me, is the coach of the year. He brings a lot of what he did and what they did with the Warriors to this team with some, like, vintage King stuff going on as yeah. well, right, when it comes to the X's and O's. So I love everything they've been doing. And I'm not totally surprised at all. It's yeah, no, it's so, so fun for us. Not only because obviously when you see those wins, it's fun that a team that has lost for so long is getting those wins, but it's the style of basketball that is being played on the court right now that just brings so much joy, so much energy. Now, do you think, Combo, that this style of basketball can keep the Kings in the top six? Mm-hmm. I think it can, even though their schedule is tough and the two teams right behind them have gotten better, in my opinion. Some would say the Clippers have not. I think they have. And then, obviously, when you add Kevin Durant to the Suns, they have got better as well. Um, sacrifice a little bit of depth. The Mavericks are right there as well. I think they're going to be a dynamic duo, even though they lack some defense and depth right now. I think they can stay in the playoffs. I think they'll land maybe between the fourth and the sixth seed, somewhere in there, but they do have a tough schedule. And I think 
they will get it done. I actually have a bet with my co-host in the Believe in Magic podcast that if the it's it's a dinner, if the Kings make the playoffs, I get dinner. Nice. If they're out the play-ins, like and that's not going to happen. IOM dinner and play-ins a push. So I think I'm going to get the dinner. Ooh, I hope you get yeah. that. I hope you get the dinner for all of us. Um, that's <laughs> most you, definitely. You were talking about De'Aaron. You thought, yeah, he needed to be the guy this year. I'm curious, just when you watch De'Aaron this year, what's jumped out to you about his, the leap he has made? Well, the leadership, first and foremost, you could tell he's being a better leader and everything coming out of that locker room is saying so. The thing that people aren't talking about, I feel like, is – his craft and skill level, I think, even got to a whole new level, like his creation in the mid-range. He was always a pretty solid mid-range shooter, but he's adding some stuff to his game, some junk in his game that I just haven't seen before. Yeah. Junk. It's, I like no, it. I, it's true. It's true. I mean, just his ability to get to so many different places on the floor. And I think what I always tell Deuce is I feel like that's where different tier of players go, right? And he's showing – not yet, but he's showing that he can be that different tier player. If you're a player that can call out a spot on the floor and I'm going to go there and I'm going to get a jump shot, and even though you know I'm going to go there and get this jump shot, I'm still going to make it in your face. I feel like that's what separates some players in this league. I totally agree with you, and he's a pure point guard in every sense of the word, in my opinion, and not only that, one of the fastest players in the league from end to end. And since he added that creation in the mid-range and just be able to get his own, he's just a total handful on both sides of the court. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you you brought that up because I do feel like his defense has taken a leap. And, you know, coming out of Kentucky, I was like, this guy can be a really good defensive player. And he's been really inconsistent throughout his career, sometimes just not playing good defense. And I don't know if it's just, hey, it's year six, Mike Brown, taking a little more pride, maturing. Whatever it is, it just feels like he is competing a lot more on that side of the ball. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the Kings' defense is not their strength, right, so they need right. everything they could get from him. Um, you put out a stat today saying they get better throughout the course of the game. I love that. But, you know, point guard, everybody thinks about rim protection when it comes to defense, but point of attack defense is yes. so important as well, right? Especially in the playoffs. I mean, Utah had that problem for years. Gobert was a great defender down there in the paint, but point of attack point of attack defense wasn't great. So seeing De'Aaron getting better on the defensive side is just so important for the Sacramento Kings team. It's so important because we talk about how, well, Mike Brown even talks about how, hey, we can be a good enough team, defensive team, but we need individuals to get better, to step up. And maybe even it comes to changing around the roster and making tweaks eventually to get those uh, individuals on this squad that have elite defensive skills. Uh, You look at someone like Domas Sabonis, I know he's not necessarily your rim protector, shot blocker kind of guy, but at the same time with his verticality and the way that he has just shown up uh, as that second line of defense, he's been just a different type of rim protection. Yeah, he's not the most athletic defender, even though in some ways I think he's an underrated athlete, but his IQ on defense, his feel on defense is pretty damn good in my opinion. Yeah, what what do you have what have you made from Sabonis this year? You know, uh, the Kings have him just at the five, which I think is his natural spot. They're running stuff through him. He's kind of like a Jokic light in that regard. What what has stood out to you about Sabonis? I love the Jokic light thing because he's that hub, right? I think that's the best word for him. He's a hub. He's like that second point guard. He's that point forward that they really needed because I think you need 
one or two or three guys initiating offense in the modern NBA and just the way he could set screens, handoffs, initiate offense. It's been phenomenal. I think he even added more of that since his days with the Pacers. So Keegan Murray has had his ups and downs this year. I would say more ups, you know, uh, just looking at his role on this squad. What have you seen from the rookie Keegan Murray? I think, you know, he's had had his challenges as a young player. Um, I love the shot making. I love his ability to play both sides of the floor. Yeah. And I think at the very least, he's going to be a winning playoff player, right? He could plug and play. He could play with great players. He's a great fit there. He, he's a guy that could fit around star players, but also has some star potential himself. All right. We've seen all the, you, you alluded to some of these moves in the Western Conference with KD. The Clippers have made a lot of moves to kind of reshape their team. Who, who do you think's the best team in the West? Like, who, who do you think right now is kind of the favorite? I like Denver, man. I really like Denver. But I have to say, I'm going to go with Clippers. I'm going to go with the Clippers because I had the preseason. Yeah. And they made all these moves. They made some great moves outside of Westbrook. I mean, I thought Eric Gordon should have been on another L.A. team for years. I don't know why he was in Houston for that long. He's a great pickup for them. He could defend. He could shoot the three. We'll see. He might have aged a little bit. We got to see how he plays with competitive, in competitive playoff basketball. I wish he would have had a move to a contender a little bit earlier on in his career. But he is a great fit there. I think the Russell Westbrook thing is actually going to work. I think it wasn't a great fit with LeBron. I think, you know, Kawhi and Paul George are obviously going to initiate offense, but I do think it's a better fit with Russ. And, you know, he's still at 18, 6, and 6 around their guy. Um, I think he's going to throw them. I think he's going to give the Clippers a different look in terms of mentality and play. He's what He has that alpha dog mentality, which I don't know if anybody quite has that on the Clippers outside of Kawhi. I mean, PG, I think he's one of the most underrated players ever, in my opinion, but he doesn't really have that alpha-alpha mentality, so he brings that. And not only that, I think he could push in transition, and that's something they don't have at this point as well. And you, I was listening to your Monday's podcast uh, with your guy talking about the Clippers, and something that was brought up, too, was how Paul George had one of his best years with Russell Westbrook by his side, right? So will he be able to bring that side out of him again? Um, I also heard you guys talking about Russell Westbrook as a teammate in the locker room. And that a yeah. lot of that chatter just seems to be maybe from the media. Yeah, I think that's true because, look, PG obviously loved him. He wanted this trade to happen, and it's probably a big reason it did happen. Kawhi had to sign off. Um, not only that, they loved him in Washington, right? So – They love him in a lot of places. He was a fan favorite at OKC, and he lasted there for years. He's a future Hall of Famer. People tend to like playing with Westbrook. It didn't seem to work out with L.A., but he has a good track record with other teams. I would say this, too, with Russ. Like, when you get bought out, now he's a different player, right? Like, he's not making that 40-something million from the Clippers, whatever that crazy amount was. I mean, I don't even know what his official contract is with the Clippers this is kind of a pivotal time. Like, people have dragged his name through the mud. Mm-hmm. I think he has always had a chip on his shoulder. That's just kind of how he plays the game. But I think that chip's only gotten bigger because of how he's been talked about. And I feel like he was blamed so much for what was going wrong with the Lakers when it really wasn't just him. It was the roster construction. Putting him in an environment where he feels wanted 
that feels empowered and he probably knows what's on the line for his future. I think he can be really impactful for the team. Yeah, and I think people forget he had some really nice stretches with the Lakers in yeah. his new role this season off the bench. He was putting up some good numbers. Obviously, the defense isn't great, and we know the efficiency isn't great, but he brings a different kind of mentality. He could push pace. He's great at finding shooters. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are still a lot of things that Russell Westbrook brings to the table. Not only that, I think coaching fit is so important. You you guys play a team today with um, Cam Reddish, who I knew before he went to the Knicks was not going to be a good fit with Thibodeau. Mm. Like, he's not that yeah. go-hard type player. He's a good two-way player who needs an opportunity, but he's not that go-hard type guy, right? He He's kind of like, a, he got that laid-back kind of game. Like, PG-13 has that game, and I think he's one of the most underrated players ever. So I think this fit between Ty Lue and Russell Westbrook is great because um, Ty Lue is one of the best guys when it comes to adjustments and lineups, especially in the playoffs. I think it's a great coaching fit we often talk about player fit between each other but sometimes we have to talk about coaching player fit it's so true I talk about that a lot and I think sometimes when you look at situations it's not something that people factor in enough when they look at teams uh and individuals but um you mentioned the Nuggets you mentioned the Clippers you didn't mention the Suns you don't believe in them Ooh. It's going to be tough to get it all together in this amount of games. I do believe that I do believe in the move because when you could sign a guy like KD, you mm. sign a guy like KD, not only to win a championship, but that's box office, man. That brings excitement to your city. It's a great investment just to have a guy like that in the building for the next four years. He always, yes, he's injured now, but he always comes back great from injuries. Do I think they're the title favorites? Probably not at this point because I do think it'll take some time to get that chemistry. Maybe I'm wrong because CP3 is one of the greatest game managers and point guards we've ever seen. Um, So we will see. We will see. Yeah. Uh, I think taking pressure off Chris Paul helps too, right? Like, yeah. Late in the year, man, there's sometimes you're just like, is this guy going to make it through? Mm. Like, he's broken down a little bit. They rely on him so much. And I don't know how much he has left in the tank to give that type of level, right? Well, now you got KD and Booker. That's pretty nasty. Yeah, I mean, on paper, it looks great. But I think we've seen over the years that the teams that are really succeeding in this league have built culture, have built Mm -hmm. through the draft, have built through free agency, like the Warriors. And I think this era has almost been, for some teams, a name-chasing era. If you think about the Nets, they've been name-chasing for like 10 years, (laughs) right? Kevin Garnett. Oh, that was Paul such a Peters, bad trade. Joe Johnson, Kyrie <laughs> Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant with no culture. And I think teams will start moving away from that. This Suns, uh, the Suns have a new governor. So I think he wanted to make a splash and he didn't care about all that. And I do think it was a right move because, you know, KD is one of the one or two best players in the league when he's healthy. I agree. And I think when it comes down to KD, like we were talking about that when it was a possibility that KD could be finding a new home. It's like anyone would do almost anything for him, right? And you really quick mentioned the Warriors. Uh, Charles Barkley said the Warriors are cooked. Do you agree with him? It's looking bad right now. (laughs) Uh, Cooked, no, because their ceiling is – basically higher than any other team in the NBA when they're hitting on all cylinders and they still have their core. They still have Jordan Poole, who they signed to a long-term extension. They got GP2 back. Not sure when he's playing, but he was big for them last season. 
A lot of it obviously depends on Steph Curry's health because he got a lot going on. He got all these injuries going on, and um, we need to see him back if they want to win. But I think they definitely have a chance because they have the highest ceiling, in my opinion. Will they get to that? We will see. The thing with them, like, you just think of what they got last year out of their others, yeah. right? They had some vets on that team that helped them. GP2, one of them, of course. Otto Porter, Bielitsa. And I think they thought this year they're going to be able to get more out of Kaminga on a consistent basis. Maybe yeah. something out of Moses Moody. But like even I, Wiseman, right? Yeah, Wiseman, right? That's the yeah. other guy. He's not even on the team anymore. So yeah. uh, I think that was a miscalculation by them. You know, and I, I don't I also don't know that the Warriors have the patience to do this whole like, hey, we gotta win a championship, but we also have to develop at the same time. It's a tough balance to strike when you're trying to win championships. You know, they're playing with two timelines, which is really tough. Yeah. So they're trying to win championships while developing right. young players. And that's a crazy challenge. The thing is, they actually got that done last year. So kudos to them, but it might have caught up to them this season. Yeah. So we're coming off of a, an interesting weekend in the NBA. Oh, it was hideous is what okay. you meant to say. Well, it was an I, ugly All-Star I weekend. I could just say whatever, that. Yeah. Uh, ugly All-Star weekend. And Deuce and I, over the last couple of days or yesterday, whatever the hell day it is, uh, we were trying to come up with ideas because we don't know what the NBA needs to do to make uh, these players want to play a game or make it at least something where the fans are entertained. Do you have any uh, all-star ideas? One-on-one. Bring it back to the essence. That's what you play said. Play one-on-one, man. I, I thought about that, but man, like, but I don't want to play one-on-one like it was Brown and Tatum where it was like they're going 60%. Like, if you're going to play, like, play. Let's get after it. Yeah, I think that needs to be an event, and I don't even think it has to be the All-Stars, but yeah. I just think that would be a great event. Like, somebody got to set the tone. That's what it is. Somebody got to go out there, play yes. hard, make everybody push themselves. I mean, Tatum had his 50 points, but he really wasn't pushing everybody else no. in the process. Man, that game was tough to watch. There's no, there's no way around it. I mean, I think the three-point contest – was great. I mean, Kevin Hurd. Oh, was it? You whole, like that? that, that <laughs> that's, that's a whole. That's a whole other. What story happened? Whatever. Why was he so bad? Combo that he's shooting a career high from three, and he had one of the lowest totals in history. I would have just said after the contest, "Hey, I'm a, I'm a game shooter. I'm a game shooter." Yeah, no, no, it's true. But I, I was making the point. I said, you know what? They need to change the three point shooter. I don't want racks. I want them catching passes. However, they want to take it. Go ahead, dribble handoffs. Oh. Cool passes. You don't shoot like that. You don't grab the ball and shoot like that during a game. I think Deuce is just saying this because he's uh, uh, obviously a Kevin Herter fan. Yeah, right. But yeah. I don't know. I'm just trying so to come Ke- to so, so if Kevin Herter would have won, he wouldn't have had this recommendation. Oh, no. The, the <laughs> yeah. racks are awesome. It's a classic feature that you have to adjust to. Uh, uh, you guys got to check out Combo's Core. I know you're you're grinding, doing content left and right. If you're a basketball fan, Combo does amazing stuff. Uh, we, we appreciate you. Do you have a, another podcast coming out soon? I know you just did the one on the Clippers. Maybe this if you send me the audio. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea. I like it. Double dip. Yeah, I could send you the audio later. Uh, okay, I, appreci- great. I appreciate you uh, hopping on with us, and let, let's do it again soon, man. Oh, man, it's always great talking to the most dynamic duo in sports media. Oh, look at that. We're going to clip that, too. Yeah, he's our advocate. (laughs) He's been hired as our advocate. Uh, Combo, appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you soon. Anytime. Talk soon. Thanks. He's a man. I love his voice, too. Love his voice. I I love that you can just throw anything at him, and he is just basketball mind. What about my voice? Break it down. 
So anyway, I love Combo's voice. You think he has a better voice than me? Why don't you sing uh, Mary Had a Little Lamb? No, no, no. We're not talking oh. about singing. We're just talking about just pure on pipes. Um, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I'll say he sounds cooler, but do you think he's got a better Ooh, voice? That's a good way to put it. Yeah, he definitely sounds cooler. Oh Chris, you you Chris, just said it. Does he have a better voice than me? Well, he's still on listening, so good. I think he's. They, I think you guys both have fantastic voices. Oh, you're mm. such a coward. I love it. I you're love such it. a coward. No, you, you, my friend, need to work on your voice. He thinks the Kings will stay in the top six. Okay. I put a poll question out on youtube.com slash Sports 1140 Call your shot. Will the Kings make the playoffs? The options were, yes, they will stay in the top six. Nope, play in. And uh, the last option was lottery team. 88% of the people who have voted thus far say, yes, they will stay in the top six. Wow. Look at the confidence in Sacramento for the people watching our show on YouTube. Hey, do, let's see what happens tonight. If the Kings, if the Kings lose, do the same poll. Okay. <laughs> You're right. You're right. It'll be like 50 47. Uh, the freak out will be for real. Would that be, would it be a, would you be concerned if they lost tonight? Or are you like, okay, now I got to bounce back? No, I am just, uh, tonight, if they lost, it would be just like, I'm disappointed, dude. How do you yeah. not show up? Like, after everything that they've been through, even if Dame starts knocking them down from half court. You throw a blitz at him. You stop it. Do what you need to do. Change things up. Yeah, I mean, outside of Dame, I mean, without Simons tonight, I mean, Jeremy Grant is supposed to be back after having a concussion issue, which is huge. Yeah. But, like, who scares you on that team? I know. I don't... Uh... It, it, this cannot be a Cam Reddish 27-point game. It could be. Also, guys, yeah, Blazers aren't here yet. What do you mean? What's the update? Ooh. What's the update? So this is from, first I saw from Jason Ross. He said, Blazers still haven't left Portland. Then I saw uh, Jason Anderson. He tweeted out, hearing the Trailblazers have just boarded their plane in Portland. They're going to de-ice and hope to be off the ground in the next 45 minutes. Flight time is about 90 minutes. Okay. I said 90 minutes. Question. Yeah. What's up with Jason Ross knowing so much about the Blazers and their flight? Who's his source of the Blazers? That was Jason Anderson. I understand. He just said oh. Jason Ross, too, who has been tweeting about this same thing. Well, he, They had the play-by-play voice on today of the Blazers. It, did they? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Was that early? Yeah. Okay. That's why I didn't know. <laughs> well. Um, so if they just boarded 13 minutes ago, they're going to de-ice and hope to be off the ground in the next 45 minutes. So Seven that would be later. at 1 o'clock they would be leaving. The flight is 90 minutes. That means landing at 3.30. Landing at 3.30. That's crazy. They're getting to the hotel. Yeah. That's if four, everything four. goes as planned. Dude, it's like 5 o'clock. It's cutting it close. That is super close. Oh. I mean, I was joking earlier. Like, yeah. oh, they might just be running on the court. Forfeit. Oh, my Forfeit. God. Forfeit. Forfeit now. Light the beam now. <laughs> Done. Oh, my. Well, in, in Deuce, I know you said, like, oh, who else do you have to worry about? I, I know that I'm not acting like, oh, you have to really worry. But Matisse Theibel is someone who can, like, slow down your offense and then was starting to show some flashes of his own Be- Oh, offense. because he had one game, his one of his games where he knocked down shots? Yeah. If Matisse Theibel scores over 17 points. What are you going to do? Then the King, what are you going to do? The Kings are done. <laughs> Not going to shave your head? All right, we'll talk more about this. Uh, Coming up at 1, the icon, the legend, the GOAT, Gary Gerald will be with us live. Kings and Blazers, hopefully tonight. Talk more about it coming up next on Sacktown Sports. The most dynamic duo in sports media.
Kings and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Kings Blazers? I know Chris just had an update on his sports update. That makes sense, Deuce. Nice. But Sean Hyken, who covers the Blazers, just tweeted minutes ago at 1227 that the Blazers playing to Sacramento has still not taken off from Portland. So, 90-minute flight. It's going to be challenging, Morgan. It is. It's going to be very challenging um, for this group, and I think we need to go over this a little bit. The Kings and Blazers are scheduled to tip off at 7. Well, what's the matter? If they land at 3.30, you, you just walk in and get your shots up and go. Uh, it's going to be a little different, right? And yeah. It's the fact that yesterday they were supposed to leave, and they were on the tarmac for seven hours. And then had to drive back home. Then they went home, went to bed, and they're like, all right, we got to take off this morning. Here we are at 12.30 on game day with a 7 o'clock tip. They're not here. Usually when a team is in town for a game the night before, they go through a workout, a walkthrough, shoot around, around 11 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Maybe eat or something, go get a nap in. They usually start arriving to the arena 3.30-ish. That's just on a typical game day. Back-to-backs are different. But on this type of thing, this is when you arrive at the arena. Well, if they're not landing until best-case scenario 3.30, that means then they, they have to get on the bus, mm-hmm. go to the arena. They're staying at the hotel right by the arena, which helps a little bit. Sure. But that's going to take, you're probably getting to the arena, best case scenario, close to, what, 4.45? I mean, that's being optimistic. Okay. So so maybe five. Yeah. But usually, typical game day, like, they're already on the court going through their warm-ups, getting stretched out, doing individual workout. rushing through things. And, like, you never... Your whole routine's off. Your routine's off, but you also, you can't, especially for players coming back from injury Mm -hmm. and or that have... Uh, injuries, you cannot rush through things. I know when we look at like middle school basketball and high school, like if that were to happen to you, you just rush out there on the court, you can do things. We get that. This is a whole different type of game, not only because of the money that is being put in, but because someone could get in trouble, obviously, if something went wrong because there wasn't enough time to warm up. So, yes. Now, and just to be clear, I should, uh, (laughs) my math is a little off here. What? Well, because if they do take off at one, they would land here at two thirty. So they would it'd be closer to four. They arrive at okay. the arena. Either way, that's still throwing you off your routine completely. So it's gonna be tough, especially when you're on a plane for seven hours yesterday, just chilling, waiting to leave. Like you said, going back home. They're also banged up. No Nurkic, no Simons, no Justice Winslow for this game. They're getting Jeremy Grant back. This has all the makings of Kings. Time to take care of business. This team that's coming in has everything against them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, are they extra motivated now? Are the Blazers a little more fired up? Like, we got to rally together. You got to be locked in. The last thing you want is for them to get off to some weird, nice start, get the confidence going. They're all rallying behind the fact that they've had some travel issues and come in here and steal one. You got to win tonight. You gave us the weird defensive numbers uh last hour and you look at how the Kings start games compared to how they end games. They play much better defense uh, toward the end of games. You, like you just said, do not want this Portland team to have any confidence to start this game because if they get that, they're going to feed off of that type of energy because they're going to want to feed off the rest of that energy for the rest of the game because they are also, they're 
thrown off of their routine. And so they're going to have to feed off of those type of things uh, going into this game. If Dame starts going off, you just got to make sure that you are disrupting his game enough because they're down players as well. And they are playing for something, too. They are still in the yeah. mix of the play-in. Like, they're a half game out of the play-in. Yeah. They're a couple of games out of the sixth spot right now. So, th- these games are important for everybody. And you're right. Like, they get going. It's a team that can get hot offensively, and then you could be in trouble. I think it takes a hit, obviously, with Simons being out. But if you look at what Dame was doing before the break, his last 15 games, uh, pretty absurd. 36.7 points a game on 50% shooting. 39% from three, 95% from the free throw line, 7.7 assists, 5.1 rebounds. Now, it should be noted that the 15 of 19 games before the break for Portland, yeah. they were on the home floor. Wow. So they had a lot of home games that they just played. Their offense was clicking. Their defense has been abysmal. Yeah, and so if their defense, like we've seen before, and they – barely have that big presence uh, even going into tonight. So you look at that and you got to just attack, attack, attack. Uh, do not settle for those outside shots, especially if those outside shots aren't falling. And let's say the outside shots do start to fall. Still, do not settle. Make sure that you're mixing it up, playing your entire game, attacking the paint, getting those paint touches. That is when you see the Kings just playing their best, when they're just playing their style of basketball, which is getting those paint touches. Um, And then obviously on the defensive end, this is the time of the season in these last 25 games that you need to take on a good offensive team and find ways to crush, to stop them, to make their lives harder because it's just going to get harder and harder with some of these other teams you're about to face offensively. So we're going to have G-Man at the top of the hour. One of the things we've got to ask him is some of the travel woes. I was just trying to look it up. I don't remember the exact time. Of course, during G-Man's 38 years, he's seen many weird travel days. There's one game I remember that might have been 2007-ish where the Kings were scheduled to take on the Nuggets and they had major plane issues where they had to like land in the Colorado Springs and then drive into Denver oh, before God. the game. And the Kings went there and won that game. No. Yeah. See, it happens. It happens. And that's, I mean, sometimes being out of your routine, you find other ways to gain that energy, to be inspired. And that's and when you have someone like Dame... You just don't want to see that happen early for them. I'm just, I just want to check it because I, I, if I'm not mistaken, was that Allen Iverson's debut with the Denver Nuggets? Really? I could just be making all this up, too. None of this actually <laughs> just, happened. This is what happens it. when you know the basketball mind gets going sometimes and just starts searching for things. And you go, was that the game in December? Because I remember the Kings going there and spoiling it. How a do you bit. wait? What year was this? This was 2006, 07. The Kings won 101-96. John Summons, I thought, a big game. Yeah, he had 21 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, a triple-double. It was Allen Iverson's debut. Yeah, he came off the bench at 22-10. and 10. That might have been the game that they had the, the delay. There's got to be one Kings fan out there who remembers what I'm talking yeah, about. Who and in- if you don't, you're cash. Okay, well, then I'm a cash because I sure as hell don't remember yeah. that. Who I is- don't even remember Iverson on the Nuggets. <laughs> who is on my level? Your level is very weird. It's oh. very, like... Something's going on up there. Yeah. 
Okay. Hmm. All right. We got to break down. We'll talk more about this game coming up. Plus, G-Man joins us at 1. We stay live during commercials at YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. It's Deuce and Mo. Live and local. It's Deuce and Mo. Watch the show now on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen for free on the Sacktown Sports app. Hey, don't sleep. Don't sleep on the Blazers. The most dynamic duo in sports media. Deuce Mason, Morgan, Reagan. Love it. Live with you Monday through Friday from 11 to 2 and coming up in just a little bit. We're going to catch up with the G-Man, Gary Gerald. Uh, travel issues in the NBA do happen, and the Kings had one last year. Mark Jones was just tweeting about it. Last year, they arrived on a game day, second I have a back-to-back in San Antonio, and they went and got the win, which is big-time stuff. But the game, I was like, hey, what is that game? I found it. This happened to the Kings. 2006-07 season. Mm-hmm. They had major travel issues. I believe they had to land in Colorado Springs and bus in to get to Denver. They arrived in Denver 90 minutes before the game. It was also Allen Iverson's debut with the Nuggets. The Kings went and got a win behind John Salmons, who had a trip dub in the game. Pretty crazy stuff. So the point is, you know what? Sometimes it could be like a rally thing. Like, you know, sometimes we have shows where we're really tired and sometimes we want to kill each other. But other times we're like... We got this, right? Yeah. Let's go. And yeah. then you have like one of your best shows. And you're like, oh, man, see, we can do this. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. So same with that exactly. said, Kings, don't don't come in all cash like, oh, this team's tired. Let's just walk through this. Be ready. Hey, what was more surprising or inspiring about that day that John Salmons had a triple-double or that they actually played uh, coming in uh, only 90 minutes before the game? Well, we should also note it was the second half of back-to-back for oh, them, too. Wow. They had played the night before against the Wizards. People are telling me, Jason Ross mentioned this on the morning show today. You're going to crap on Did J. he Ross? mention that? Did he mention it was the second half of back-to-back? Sorry, Jay Ross. He probably thank did you, it, right? Thank you, Daddy Deuce. You're, thank you. Do it one more time. Thank you, Daddy Deuce. <laughs> I'm looking at the King starting lineup that night. John Salmons, Kevin Martin, Mike Bibby, Brad Miller, and Kenny Thomas. No. Is, is K-9 doing the pregame? Um, I don't know. Let me check actually right here. Does K9 remember it? Kenny absolutely no... does not remember that. Kenny Kenny only remembers things that he did well and then sometimes he even has a bad memory of it. For example, Kyle and Kenny were talking about Madison Square Garden. He was talking about on the pregame show one time he was like, "Yeah, I had some of my best games at Madison Square Garden." Kyle's like, "Really? Producer, check those numbers. Post game they check his <laughs> they were trash numbers. He had trash numbers at Madison well, Square Garden. I, I, I don't know how Kenny could forget his performance in that game. Oh, what'd he do? Uh, two points, one assist, one rebound in uh, 10 minutes and 45 seconds. Ooh, we, oh, we... Sharif Abdurrahim came off the bench, gave him 11.7 rebounds. Actually, the big numbers that night, John Solomon said 21 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. Brad Miller, 21 points, 14 rebounds. It's Kyle and Kenny tonight, too, by the way. So um, I'll drop that little nugget to we should producer. Al- we should also note the Nuggets were shorthanded in that game, too. Uh, Carmelo Anthony was suspended. Ooh. So it was J.R. Smith who was on the team. Uh, Iverson came off the bench in his debut, played almost 40 minutes at 22 points, 10 assists on 9 of 15 shooting off the bench. Their starting lineup that night. Oh, my God. Earl Boinkins, 
<laughs> who gave the Kings 25 and 9 that night. 5 6 Earl Boink. Was he 5 6? He's 5 6, right? Oh, he Listed at 5 6. Yeah. 25 points, 9 assists, 3 steals. Nene was in the lineup. 5 5. Diawara, I don't even know if I'm saying it right. He was in the lineup, went 0 for 7 from 3. Eduardo Nahara started for them. Remember Nahara with the Mavs? Ugh. And Linus Kleza, who I liked, who actually hit a game winner against the Kings in Sacramento once, and I pissed me off. Your memory and how you retain things is on another level, though. Thank you. Thank no, that's all, I'm not even complimenting I, you. That's all I wanted from you. I know. That's all I, know I wanted from but you I to give all, me a little love. But I know. See, that's the thing I always give you love for, and I don't even mean to give you love. I'm actually just impressed. And so I'm like, wow, that is a skill that I wish I had. I don't retain things well. Um, I can barely read something and retain things. That's why I've turned to audiobooks. So it helps me even... Uh, Go through a story faster. Yeah. Thank so, you, Daddy Deuce. Yeah, exactly. I'll never say that. Well, we'll keep you updated on the Blazers and their travel. Let's see if they actually take off anytime soon. Uh, Morgan Reagan. Yeah. We do have an update on Aaron Rodgers. Oh, is he out of the hole? He's out of the hole. Yeah. Uh, Scott Berman, who owns Sky Cave Retreat, said Rodgers left the dark room and the facility on Wednesday. Uh, according to Berman... The 300-square-foot room in which Rogers spent his time in uh, is partially an underground structure. Yeah. With no light. It has a queen bed, a bathroom, and a meditation-like mat. What's a meditation-like mat? Um, so Like a yoga mat? Yeah, yeah. So like, why just, wouldn't you just yeah. call it a yoga mat? Um, it is fully powered, and the lights can be turned on from inside the room. See, that's not, that okay. doesn't count. It's I'm not, sorry. So I'm looking at the website because you said Sky Cave Retreats. Beautiful, by the way. Just absolutely beautiful. Um, he turned on the light. He made it sound like he was going in a cave. Well, There's a way to turn on a light. Yeah. That's what, it's the same thing with escape rooms. People are like, an escape room? Am I going to be able to get out? And then like they tell you, hey, by the way, if you want to get out, or you can just turn the handle and walk out. Legally, like, oh. you have to do that in an escape room, okay? If in- I had an escape room... No, That's, I'm not. Again, I'm not. It wouldn't be it, up and running. No, I am not. I'm not verbally saying it. It'll be in the fine print, and the font will be three. So you have to like take a magnifying glass. Yeah, which I also believe is illegal if it's not like. Oh yeah, it's. Listen to some of these commercials. There'll be a car commercial. I'll be like diarrhea and die of puking so much and die from buying a car. Yeah. No, that's not what happens. But they put all these disclaimers. I mean, it, could. it could happen. Um, really quick though, the Sky Cave retreats. Uh, I still couldn't do that for four days. I still could not do that for four days. Um, how do you do it? A queen bed, a meditation mat, a really trendy Again, room that has lights. Easy, easy. You could do that. Yeah, four days. I, I honestly no electronics. Thought, I honestly thought they. He was like. I just imagine him climbing down this old rickety wooden ladder Jesus, into this hole, really? and then they they like each day with like a pulley system, they they drop a plate of yeah. food. And Here's your mush, Rogers. Yes, yeah. I thought it was like a, one of those doors that they close and then lock, and then they put the food in the tray oh, on the tray. My, yeah, you yeah, guys. Like he wasn't going to prison. He was literally spending lots of money to go stay in a dark place that is not a hole. Oh, look, there's your ladder going down to a hole, though. That's weird. There's one room like that. So, um, yeah, either way, good for him. I hope uh, a lot of great things happen to his brain and he realized how stupid he is half the time. That'd be great. <laughs> well, let's. he's also trying to figure out if he's going to keep playing 
in the NFL. He's 30, oh, and that. 39 years old. It's crazy to think he's 39. I mean, that's it, it's old in athlete. World. I think if you have to go to a hole to go like figure out if you want to play football, maybe you just don't want to. It's okay. Like, you had a good run, man. Yeah, but can – you know, I think some other things that people aren't factoring in, which I think this is hilarious that I even know this, but it's, you know, him and his uh, Hollywood fiancé, they broke up. They broke things off, at not you know, however many months ago. And so, like, he's probably going through a lot of different things, not only on the football field, but off the field as well. I don't feel for him. Like You're just trying to add some context. I get it. Uh, yeah. Um, coming up at one, uh, we're gonna have G Man on. There's so many things we gotta ask him about. One, we gotta ask him about this weird travel day for Portland, but also yesterday, someone who's very vital in getting the Kings to come to Sacramento from Kansas City passed away. His name was Greg Van Dusen. Uh, he passed away yesterday. Yeah. And G Man knew him quite well. In fact, Van Dusen was instrumental in a lot of things, but he helped get G Man the job. As an NBA broadcaster with the Sacramento Kings in 1985. Wow. G-Man had never done any NBA broadcasting before that. I mean, obviously as a broadcaster. So for him to get that opportunity, we'll uh, have him share some stories and, I don't know, give us some behind. It's good to know the history of the team too, right? Yeah. And let's see if he remembers that game uh, where the Kings barely got to Denver. Okay. He's going to remember. So we'll do that coming up next. The G-Man with Deuce and Moe on Sacktown Sports. Sacktown Sports. Oh, yes. Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan. Appreciate you joining us each and every day, 11 to 2, right here on Sacktown Sports. I'm really excited about this. A dear friend of ours, a legend, an icon. He has been the voice of the Sacramento Kings for 38 seasons. The one and only, the G Man, Gary Gerald. Hi, G Man. Hi, guys. How are you? We're good. How are you? Well, I'm. Pretty tolerable, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on one sec. Chris, his audio sounds a little like it's cracking a little bit, huh? Yeah. Do you think we should... Cr- yeah, try... You are crackling a little bit. You look great. It's oh, just crackling a bit. You look fantastic, G-Man. Keep going. Talk talk to me for a second. Well, um, I'm excited because hopefully the push for the playoffs really begins in this tonight. That's so true. Tonight. I can't wait. You know what we're going to do? Here, G-Man, we're going to have Chris call you on your on your phone real fast because it, the audio is just cra- – it looks great. The audio just keeps crackling. I want people to be able to hear you. So we'll, we'll do a phone in, instead if that's okay with you. Sweet. We'll get G-Man in just a second. But his Look at him. Just, I know. Face. I know his face. But, you know, it's, I, I knew it was going to happen. Everyone's like, but the audio is bad. I mean, we could hear it. But yeah, no. You want to make sure plus, quality audio. got to hear the pipes of the G-Man. Ugh. He's – Talk about a voice. Yeah. So uh, he, I know Chris is calling him in just a second. Yeah, but he's right. Push for the playoff starts tonight. I mean, you think about 25 games to go. Kings and Blazers, a shorthanded Blazers team that is scheduled, I guess, to take off any minute Hmm. from Portland. We'll see if (laughs) what time they actually get here. But that's obviously going to be a challenge for that team. And yeah, yeah, it, it, it will be. But we also, you know, we've seen the other side of things, too, where. Sometimes being out of routine, you find other ways of getting energy and being inspired and find a way to win. 
All right, let's go to the G-Man who's now on the phone with us. Hey, G-Man, sorry about that. Well, G-Man, yeah, you're talking about the push for the playoffs tonight. It's exciting that here we are in late February, and, and like, it's legit. Like Every game matters from here on out. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be crazy because there's going to be so much scoreboard watching. Everybody's got in the vicinity of 23 to 25 games to play. Four and a half games, as you well know, separate number three, where Sacramento is, and number 12, where Portland is tied. And, I mean, you stub your toe, and you're in a world of hurt. And I don't know about you guys, but I want to be a top six. I don't I don't want any of business of this play-in stuff because you get down to one game and anything can happen. So let's uh, let's take care of some business here, Sacramento Kings. What do you think? Oh, I am so with you. I do want to talk more about the game in a second, but something I did want to start with with you, um, we lost someone that maybe some newer Kings fans or younger Kings fans may not be familiar with. Greg Van Dusen passed away, and you know, reading about him in the Sacramento Bee and uh, talking to you in the past about him, uh, a very instrumental person in the Kings' journey to Sacramento from Kansas City, instrumental in your career in Sacramento, and then also a guy who deserves a lot of credit because he was part of really sports history. He was he helped orchestrate the first naming rights deal in sports when he landed Arco Arena. So cool. Steams and arenas weren't named with right. any sponsor tie-in. Then the first one was in Sacramento. So, G-Man, when when you hear the name Greg Van Dusen, what do you think? I think it's so many so many different things because he had his imprint on so many different sports venues. It was the Sacramento Solons playing at Hughes Stadium. God forbid. I mean, that was just insane. Uh, the Sacramento Gold, the soccer team, uh, our media softball league. Uh, he worked alongside uh, Greg Lukenbill and, of course, was, was instrumental. He was in Kansas City when the Kings left there to come to California. And, and he, was, he was a huge part of, of my getting the opportunity to become a member of the Kings organization. And it's a story we've told many times, and I, I, don't, I hope it's not being too redundant, but the, the brief version was, it was in January of 1985, and I get a phone call out of the blue, and it's uh, Gregory Dutch Van Dusen. And he said, G-Man, I want to play What If with you for just a moment. And I'm thinking, what if, what if what? And he said, well, okay, go ahead. And he, uh, he says, what if the Kansas City Kings were to come to Sacramento? Would you be interested in being the radio play-by-play voice? And there's this moment I'm letting this register, and I'm thinking, "What? Really? Are you kidding me? Of course, you know." And the excitement began, and and so that was the the evolution of the early stages before anybody was really aware that there was a distinct possibility that Kansas City might move and that they might move to Sacramento, California. That's wild. And if I remember correctly, they had you like go to. Oakland and, and sit in the stands and record yourself calling a game with your son Bobby Gerald by your side <laughs> and then you sent over tape to them. Yeah, Joe Axelson who was the general manager uh, he didn't know me from Adam uh, he just knew that you know Greg Van Dusen was saying it's important to have a local identity tied to this franchise if they move to Sacramento and Gary Gerald would, would, would be ideal in his mind so Joe Axelson said, well, let's, I, I need a sample of his work. And so Bobby and I, my son, who was a teenager at that time, I took him out of school. We had two games. We went down to L.A. to play the Lakers at the old Great Western Forum. 
sat up there in the nosebleeds a couple of rows up behind Chick Hearn, the legendary icon, and uh, talked into a recorder. And Bobby was my other set of eyes and kept some, you know, basic stats for me. And then we went to Oakland and did the same thing against the Warriors. Little did I know that those tapes then went back to Joe Axelson. And when the move was consummated and he was driving from the Midwest to California, he listened to those tapes on the drive cross country. And I remember him telling me sometime later, kid, you were a hell of a lot better than you had any right to be. Wow. And I thought that was pretty cool because at that time, I didn't tell them, but not only had I never done anything relating to the NBA, I hadn't done any play-by-play basketball for a period of several years prior to that. And so it was I was really, really fortunate that it all worked out, and here we are 38 years later. That's what's wild about this. Like, just – being able to reflect on the start of your NBA play-by-play calling and you look at where you're going into now, G-Man, in approaching 3,000 games Man. this weekend. I mean, when you hear that number, what what does that even mean to you? It, it kind of, it's kind of mind-numbing. I mean, I can't really grasp the reality. And yet by the same token, it's very meaningful to me. Um, I proudly have uh, autographed game balls from the 1,000th game and from the 2,000th game, and uh, hopefully I'll get an autographed game ball for number 3,000. Whether or not it's going to be Sunday in OKC or if it will, in fact, turn out to be Tuesday in OKC remains to be seen because we don't know yet if Portland's going to make it in time to play tonight in Sacramento at Golden 1. Wow. How wild is that? That is crazy to think about <laughs> that. Yeah, 3,000 games will be an amazing accomplishment for you, G-Man. Um, you, you just mentioned the Blazers, and yeah, we don't know if they've even taken off yet to land in Sacramento. And I know over the years you have seen a lot of weird travel things. I was bringing up a game I remembered. I don't know if you remember this because you've called a billion of them now. Uh, 2006, you guys were on the back-to-back going to Denver I believe you guys had to land in Colorado Springs, drive into Denver, and you beat the Nuggets that night in Allen Iverson's debut. Do you remember that? I do remember that. And I'm the one thing that I don't remember, that it was a back-to-back. And for some reason, that doesn't ring a bell with me because I thought that we were and we tried to go the day before. Mm. And because of blizzard-like conditions in Colorado, we were unable to do so. So on the day of the game, yes, in fact, we did fly and had to go to Colorado Springs rather than Denver. And then bus from Colorado Springs, we got into what was then known as the Pepsi Center, uh, now a ball arena for the home of the Nuggets. We literally walked in the doors at 5.30 for a 7 o'clock game. Uh, They had some food available in the locker room because there there was no food available on the flight and on uh, on the bus ride coming from Colorado Springs. And guys were just kind of woofing down, you know, some quick sandwiches and whatever, and then going on the floor to warm up. And we ended up winning that ball game. And those are, there are two times, one of them being this last season when uh, we were delayed and had to overnight in new Orleans, that was a back-to-back to play in San Antonio. The next day had to fly day of got in San Antonio around one o'clock early afternoon on that game. And we won that game against uh, the Spurs. So the two occasions that I can remember where the Kings had game day flights ended up with victories. Mm. So that being said, 
Don't count out the Portland Trailblazers. Don't count out Dame Lillard. Don't forget, yeah, just because they're missing Anthony Simons and they're missing Joseph Nurkic and uh, Justice Winslow, Dame Dollar is liable to come in here and knock down 65 or something crazy <laughs> like that. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I hope the game is played, certainly, but take nothing for granted. That's what's uh, wild about it is that people can feed off of different type of energy or be inspired by something else when they're running on fumes or barely getting to eat or just running in. Um, I know we're talking about the game, but I'm curious for you, G-Man, was that ever those two games that you mentioned for the Kings, you calling those games, taking you out of your routine, was it ever weird for you to go in and call a game coming into the arena late? Uh, only from a couple of standpoints, and they were they were minor. They didn't it didn't really affect. I don't think the big picture. I remember that when we were delayed this last season uh, in New Orleans, we spent three plus hours at the arena after a game against the Pels, and I used that time. I set up a makeshift little desk and propped up my laptop and, and went to work and started doing stuff to get ready for the next uh, day's game against San Antonio and then further updated some of that stuff on the plane plane ride, which was a short one from new Orleans to San Antonio. So um, it didn't impact a lot, but it, it does throw things into a, I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen. I think that's the biggest thing. And I'm sure that's what's going through the minds of the trailblazers right now. We don't know if in fact, you know, they were targeting, we were hearing a one o'clock takeoff time from the time they got de-iced. So we don't know if that in fact is taken place yet or not, uh, I just can imagine. I was told earlier today, and I've got a couple of different sources have said that the Blazers were on the plane for seven hours oh. yesterday before the flight was eventually canceled. And then they had to go home and then come back to the airport this morning. And then they're still having rough weather in Portland and the de-icing and one thing or another. If they Once they get in the air, it's a very short flight. It's basically an hour and 20 minutes from Portland down to Sacramento. So uh, I'm hoping, as I say, that we get to play the game, but it's the uncertainty. And I can't imagine, you know, what they're going through because just this morning I was at the arena early and went to shoot around and so forth. And uh, I saw Monty McNair and Wes Wilcox and they're on their phones a lot and they're texting and they're talking with people. And then Wes goes out and talks to the club at the end of shoot around and basically saying, you know, be prepared. If this game does not get played, it's going to move up our travel tonight to L.A. because the Kings play the Clippers in L.A. tomorrow. So there, there are a lot of moving parts to these types of things, and uh, it's just the uncertainty that everybody has to deal with, certainly magnified tenfold on the part of the Trailblazers versus the Kings. Well, let's hope it gets played tonight because I know this is a you know a lot of excitement right now about this team with where they are at, and that, you know we were thinking about the fact that you've obviously been calling games for thirty eight years, and you know during that stretch you've only seen uh, eight winning seasons and ten playoff <laughs> appearances. I know you love your job. I know you're great at what you do. You take great pride in it. But there's no doubt that during some of the tough times, it can be mentally, I don't know, exhausting sometimes, just like dealing with losing. We talk about with players, but you've seen a lot of losing during your times as the play-by-play voice. Uh, how how have you handled that during your run? Well, it it's a challenge. Early on, I didn't know any better. Uh, and, you know, the Kings did go to the playoffs the very first year in Sacramento. A lot of people forget that. Yeah. It was the best of three series with Houston, and the first two were played in Texas. Kings lost those two, then came home to play the Rockets as uh, a number eight seed versus a number one, and they lost that. 
so it was a you know a quick in and out. Well, then they didn't see the playoffs again until the mid '90s, uh, going against Seattle, and that was in the Mitch Richmond era, and the Kings split the first two up in Seattle. And, you know, that just led to a feeding frenzy among Kings fans because that was huge. And, you know, you're on the threshold of maybe pulling off a stunning upset. You come home and uh, you're you're doing really well against the Sonics until Mitch goes down in the second half with an injury. And that ended that playoff run. And then that takes you, of course, to the eight years under Adelman where the Kings were in the playoffs and the memorable series, of course, against the Lakers and all of that. Um, so there's been there've been a lot of dreary times. It's a huge challenge. It is deflating and it is depressing at times. And I, I know that, you know, as a young broadcaster, you, there are times you have to talk to yourself and you have to kind of get yourself geared up and say, regardless of what happens tonight, you know, try to be your best. Try to be informative. Try to be entertaining and, and just, you know, do your job to the best of your ability. And, uh, you know, we've had that tested at different times. We had it tested 10 years ago when it looked like the franchise was going to relocate and go to Seattle. We had it during COVID when we're doing games, the road games, on a remote basis. And nobody in the building. And even with the cutouts in the building when you were playing at home, it it was a tough, it's a tough challenge. But the thing I love, Deuce, that gets us to now, to tonight, is the fact that for the first time, in the last 16 years, I legitimately am starting to feel like this team gives me confidence mm. that on any given night against any given opponent in any given arena, they've got a legitimate chance to win. And I haven't had that feeling for far too long. That's got to be, I mean, obviously, like you said, you throughout all the losing seasons have found it from within, respecting the art form of broadcasting to give it your all and find your own energy and everything else. But when you have a season like this with a team that you have covered for so long, it's just got to feel so, so different. What has been the most like special part about this season so far for you? I think it starts with Mike Brown and his staff. Uh, I, I've become a huge fan of the head coach and the staff that he has put together. And it's, you know, I hearken back to that first media get together. And I know you guys were there uh, back in June, right after the Warriors had won the championship and Mike Brown makes his first visit to Sacramento. And there were a lot of people within the organization. There were a handful of players at his news conference. And he talks about needing soul within the organization. And from afar, he had detected that if there was soul, it wasn't the right kind of soul and it didn't serve the correct purposes and how there needed to be accountability. There needed to be everybody, not just the players and the coaching staff, but the medical staff, the front office, the people who sell the tickets, the marketing folks, everybody has to pull on the same rope in the same direction and you have a common goal and that's go to the playoffs and succeed you have to build this. It takes time. It's a process. We all know that. But our see, we're seeing it happen. And to me, that's really exciting. And to me, that's that's been what has triggered this, this season of hope and renewal, revitalization, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's so good to see it coming together, finally. Oh, man. 
I know. Even that, just like I'm I know, like, it gets I'm me even up. more fired up. Play tonight. Yeah, I'm let's get a go. game. It's been too long since we played a game, G Man. Well, G Man, we, we we appreciate you so much, of course. Um, and uh, let's hopefully we get a game tonight, and uh, we'll do this again soon. Well, thank you guys. As I've said in the past, love you and love appreciate you what you guys do, and uh, you're special folks in my book. And uh, let's let's keep it rolling. G Man, thank you. We love you too, man. We'll talk to you soon. You bet. That's the G Man, Gary Gerald. Love that guy. Like my heart, just him. I love him so much. Yeah, he's just one of those people <laughs> that, like, Ugh. I've gotten to know over the, you know, being born and raised in Sacramento. Like, I always looked up to G Man, of yeah. course, and then getting to work so closely with him for the last 10 years, just seeing how he goes about his business, right? He's just mm. warm, he's professional. He prepares everything you would want in a broadcaster. And everything. He's, he's a great person. And in this yes. business, there's a lot of like eh, people, right? There's some people who just think they're the best. Like, like me, right? I'm the best. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like people are, there's some people with just big egos and it's like, oh, don't man, give you the people. time. Man, have you seen the people that call the Stockton Kings games? No. Oh, they're terrible. What are they like? Egos. Huge <laughs> egos. Uh, we appreciate G-Man joining us on the Folsom Lake Honda Hotline. For some Lake Honda, Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. Not bad. Thank you. C minus. Okay. C minus. Love you, G men. <laughs> oh man, yeah, really, really. I mean, yeah, we're so so lucky to have him here in Sacramento. So closing in on three thousand games. It's- Better give him a game ball. I'm gonna make sure. Oh, I gotta. I, I gotta make some calls after this. I love that he's like, um, got one for a thousand. Got no, one for two thousand. He should get the game mic. The game mic. What's yeah, the game he should mic? Take the mic home with him. But which the headset. M- yeah, yeah, it's not very cool. No, it would. Yeah. You know what I want? I want them. Like, hopefully, it's like a Kings win in OKC, and they bring him in the locker room after the game. <gasps> they dump water on him. Put defensive player of the yes. game chain. Yes. And then make him pose with the team. Yes. Pose make, with the team make after. Make a call. Make a call. I will. Okay. Who would you call? Let's check in with Nick. Hey, Nick. What's up? What's up, Deuce Mo? How are you? Well, Nick, I'm a little worried about tonight. The Blazers still are. Last time I checked, they haven't even left Portland yet. Hopefully, we get a game. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm here in downtown Sag waiting. So okay, you know, we we got people got- on the ground. Nick is reporting live from downtown Sacramento <laughs> at this hour. Nick, what's it look like outside? Well, right now it, it, it is cold outside right now, mm-hmm. but. It's it's gonna get close. It's cutting it close. That they're that it's just cutting it close right now. Who do you? And, oh, yeah. Keep going. Can he finish his report? Sorry, but I think they should be here tonight. I think they're I think they're gonna be here tonight. Why not play the game? Oh. Why not play the game? We need the game played. I need to see the beam lit. Yeah, we need to see the beam lit. But Nick, you know what's wild about this? You're not going to run into anybody at Starbucks because they're going to be rushing in so yeah. quick that they're not even going to have time to go to any of those Starbucks or anywhere that you usually run into one of the players. No, they won't. And you know, I won't get to see you. I won't get to see you guys tonight. I go to dinner because you guys will be in Stockton. Yeah. Yes. We we have a long and night I, ahead. And night's going to be a little crazy because. We may have a little uh, late night chat tonight. It's a late night chat tonight. Thank you for updating us. Yes, you, our Nick. schedule is important. Nick is also, for those listening, he's also sounds like he's our personal assistant. too. I but. wish. I wish. Well, Nick, uh, any predictions for tonight? If they play this game, what do you want to see from the Kings? <clears throat> I want to see a win. 
How are we going to do it, though? I'm, I'm in the locker room. Coach Nick, you're talking to me. I want, I'm going out to play the Blazers tonight. I know they got Dame Lillard. What do you want from me? Play defense and stay on Dame Lillard. Yeah. Stay on him. That's a good one. But what if he gets by me? Then what? Oh, uh, well, stay underneath the basket. Block him. Block him. Block him. That's, good. That's a good that point. That was a good point. All right, Nick, why not? And, you know, oh. hey, why not light the beam? And you know what? We got to play at 730 tomorrow. And that should be illegal. Yes. All right. Sleep, Thanks, sleep beams. See you guys. See you guys tonight on night chat. Right. See you on night chat. <laughs> if there's no game, is there a night chat? Yes. yes. Oh. We're so celebrating. Oh, I yeah. like how we were both so, in oh, yeah. agreement there. No, so no. There is a chance that there might be 83 night chats this season. Yeah, but there's also that's the thing we d- we've done night chats and breaking news podcasts whenever there's yeah. like breaking so there's but a lot. Does that count as night chat? Though? Yeah, sometimes it's a, if it's at pretty night, much, pretty much. Yeah. All right, we got more to get to. Uh, we'll keep you updated on the Blazers if this game's being played tonight. Hopefully, oh. it is. I'm just getting word that the Kings actually have to fly to Portland now. Can you <laughs> imagine? Like, actually, it's easier for you guys to just fly in now. No, uh, we'll, we'll keep you posted on that. Also, I believe we got a little story time with Christopher Lodd. Baby. Let's do some on Sacktown Sports. It's Deuce and Mo on your local sports leader. Sacktown Sports. We do have an update at this hour. According to Sacktown Sports 1140's Jason Ross, uh-huh. the Blazers plane just got cleared for departure. They should be leaving very shortly. Jason says, let's play some hoops. So if the game is not played tonight, you blame Jason Ross. Yes. Yes. But yes, uh, their plane is cleared for departure. He tweeted that out just about two minutes Who ago. Who the hell is Jason Ross talking to? So again, 90 minutes. That puts you, them landing, if they are leaving right now, right? About yeah. three o'clock. Around They're landing. That? that means getting all their stuff, getting on the bus, getting to the arena. 345. 345. Well, it's not get, terrible. Well, getting to the arena, by the time they get to the arena, it'll be like. Go through security. It'll be like 415. Four? It's not that bad. It could no. be worse. It, yeah. I mean, it's not ideal for them at all. They're out of the routine. This is just a game that the Kings got to take care of business, Morgan. It's one, a game against a Western Conference foe that's just a half game out of the play-in sure. spot. They're shorthanded. No Simons, no Nurk, no Winslow. You're at home, coming off the break. They've had travel issues galore. You got to take care of business. Yeah, you can't come into this game like, oh, man, they've had a lot of disadvantages and challenges going into today's game, so... Um, they're going to feel really tired. No, 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 no. Turn on the M Jets when you go into the gym tonight. When you're taking on this Portland Trailblazers team, you got to step on the gas. You got to go make sure that you're locked in from the start mm-hmm. of the game. You know how that can play a part. You know, it could be like, ah, uh, they tired. They out of routine. You yep. think Dame's out of routine? I think not, my friends. Can't wait. Can't wait for tonight, Morgan. Yeah. Bring it on. We'll talk more about it. How about we mix in some story time with Chris for a Let's do it. Let's do it. It's time for story time with Chris for Yes. All right, so where should we start? Do you want to start internationally? Do you Can want we to start... keep the music bet on lightly? I think there's like a lot of... Uh... 
words. Talking. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Okay. We should note that Chris brings some random ass stories to the table. He brings like three or four weird stories that we would not normally cover. So buckle up. Let's see. Let's start international, Chris. International. Amsterdam, Netherlands. This is courtesy of the NL Times. Okay. Artiste Zoo in Amsterdam has a dung problem. What? Excuse me. What's dung? Like poop? The zoo has a herd of Asian elephants that produce around 300 kilograms, 661.387 pounds of elephant dung a day. 630 pounds a day. So, oh. like, what, do you, what are you supposed to do with that? Fertilize it. Throw it out? You, you got to do something with it. Yeah. Well, instead of just throwing it out, the zoo teamed up with five students from the AMS Institute and, t- and told them to dig in. Do what you like. Let's, let's see what you could do here. Let's make some experiments. And through experimenting, they were able to make a park bench made from the zoo's 65% elephant dung and 35% recycled plastic. I love it. I was going to say poop snowman, but bench. I swear to you, I swear to you, my first thought was, oh, poop ball fight. Poop ball fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job. I'm not doing it, obviously, with bare hands. I'm using gloves, just like I would the snow. You're not, when you're making a snowball, you're not doing it without gloves. You do gloves and you're just. Bare hand the uh, snowman. Well, then you're still not getting rid of it. Oh, just it, it, it breaks apart and just gets spread everywhere. Yeah, so I'm actually making something out of it. Go on. <laughs> the zoo is currently testing the durability of the prototype. If it proves reliable, Artis plans to replace its park benches with sustainable model of elephant dung. That is genius. This is the best story you've had so far. By don't the you way. do a good? I, if I remember, don't you do a good elephant impersonation? No, only I a dolphin. Do. I don't no, even. I thought you did. I thought What's you did. Sound? What's this sound like? I don't know how to do an elephant. I... <laughs> yeah, that's right. What is it? Stomper? Is he, uh, is he in studio? Is Stomper in studio? How was that elephant? Do it again. Sounds a lot like a horse. You know, it doesn't. It sounds like something's dying. I could. I could... How's it sound? How's it sound? How's an elephant sound? Actually, that's not bad. Really? That sounds like a call. What was that? <laughs> that was a sick elephant. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Um, love the story. Ended well. No one died. Great. No one died of poop. You, you know what? I don't think anyone's going to die today. Okay. Okay. Wow. What's next on Storytime with Chris Verlon? Let's go to Tokyo, Japan. Okay. okay. I'd love to. A Japanese startup announced plans yesterday to launch commercial space viewing balloon flights. Because as you know, right now is a time you want to go up in a huge balloon up in space yes, where okay. no one's going to be worrying about that. Absolutely. So the company CEO, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, uh, Kaisuke Awaya. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I just mangled that. That's okay. I says, mean... it's safe, economical, and gentle for people. The idea is to make space tourism for everyone, oh. and it will uh, democratize space. Okay, this whole space travel thing, we got to tap the brakes on this. We're not so, ready. We're not even ready. But this is, this is for people. This is like, hey, you don't have to be a rich guy to do this. This sure. is for like every so, normal. Again- when rich people do this, though, they have everything protecting them, yeah. right? And, like, when you shove some poor people up in a balloon into space, most likely their brains are going to explode because yeah. there's not going to well, be the correct well, equipment. Let me tell you about it. The company has developed an airtight two-seat cabin and a balloon capable of rising to an altitude of 25 kilometers, 15 miles deuce, where the curve of the Earth can be clearly viewed. Okay, can, so it's not that far. You're not like going to the moon on this thing. You're just no. Going, oh, okay. You're going. You can see space. You can see the curve in the Earth. I, you, that, I'm not. I, doing there's it. no way I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. I just 
It seems super compact. You'll be higher than a jet. Could you imagine? No, I can't. No. That's too high up. I don't even like being in a plane. Yeah. No. I'm out. The company teamed up with a Japanese travel agency and is ready for a commercial trip. The first flights are a little bit on the pricey side. Initially will cost 24 million yen, which is... $180,000. $180,000. Oh, that's cool. That's just for anybody, right? Yeah, what type of people are we but, still talking but about? they hope to bring the price down to several million yens, just around a couple $10,000. I'm out. No, Again. Thanks. No, I'm good. I'm good. Like, I, like, you know what I can do? What? I can look online at some amazing high-resolution pictures of it. I, I'm not doing that. To, no, I'm I out. follow NASA. I follow all those amazing space Instagrams. So I get all the nice little shots, videos. I get my touches. I'm good. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Going to have to be quick here. Let's go to my shortest story. Clearwater, Florida. Oh, okay. I love Florida. WFLA-TV. Two West Central Florida paramedics were suspended after pronouncing a man dead. He was not dead. Paramedics from Station 47 responded to a call about a 65-year-old man in cardiac arrest at a private residence and was pronounced and pronounced the man dead shortly after arrival. They left the area after deputies of the sheriff's office arrived to investigate the death. Because someone died, he's like, all right, time to investigate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is when deputy noticed that the man breathing and requested medical crews to return to the scene. <laughs> Largo Fire and Rescue, not the original, were called where the man's condition was upgraded from dead to alive. The man was taken to a hospital where he is now recovering. Oh, my God. That's so scary. That's so scary. Which part is scary about Just it? Just the fact that, hey, he's dead. We'll, uh, we'll have to investigate. We'll, be, we'll take it from here. See ya. Shove him in a body bag. Yeah. You're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> what would be scary is like the person saying like, this person's dead. I'm like, okay. And then all of a sudden. <gasps> oh. That, yeah, which. <laughs> That's so scary. <laughs> Well, I'm glad. Uh, yeah, no death, just close to Nobody it. died. That F- was a first. Favorite story? Poop bench. Poop bench? Poop, Poop bench, bench was the winner. Okay. Yep. That was the winner. All right, coming up next, we will get closer to Kings Blazers. Let's see if Morgan will actually make a prediction about tonight's big game. Oh, my God. Final 25 games, baby. It's Kings and Blazers. It's going to happen because they have taken off, I think. Woo! From Portland. Yeah. We'll do that next on Sacktown Sports. And Mo on Sacktown Sports. Well, 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 we've been waiting. Will the Blazers plane take off? Well, it's taking off. The Blazers traveling on a game day, leaving Portland, and we're getting an update that Damian Lillard is unlikely to play tonight against the Sacramento Are you Kings. Being That's from Chris Haynes. <laughs> so the latest update, Dame Lillard. Doesn't sound like he is going to play tonight. Um, the exact tweet from Chris Haynes over from Bleacher Report and TNT. They're finally on the runway to take off for tonight's game against the Kings after nearly 24 hours of weather uncertainty. But star guard Damian Lillard is unlikely to play. League sources tell TNT. That's significant. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I am getting, I know it's like, hey, it's. It, whatever, you just play the games on your schedule. I'm getting so sick of these teams like sitting guys against the Kings. Dude, and you just, again, it's not even You'll about, take the win. That Well, that's where uh, my my first thought honestly goes there. I'm like, hell yeah. Like, 
great, kings have to defend one less guy, right? But then I go and my brain goes to fan mode and, and for all the people that pay for tickets um, that are wanting to see Dame, not even. So it's a must win. Jay Mars is right when he said this morning it's a must win. You lose tonight. No Dame, no Simons, no Nurk. No, honestly, they should take care of business tonight. And it's just a little, why do you think Dame's not playing? Well, I was just looking. I was like, when's their next game? They're not even playing until Sunday. Until Sunday. Dame's exhausted. At from, home. He was like, I was on the plane for seven hours. I, I can't, I used all my brain power on coming up with that. Rap. Rap song. Yeah. He, I think he pulled a deuce. What's that? I think what Deuce was describing, if he was on the plane and what he would do, I think they're like, hey, we're going, we're, leave, we're leaving today, we're all good to go. Dame mm-hmm. said, you know what? You told me that yesterday. I'm not buying it. I'm I'll meet playing. you guys back up when we come back up here. Honestly, though, I, and I, again, I don't know what happened. Yeah. So hopefully he's okay, he's not hurt, whatever. Wow. Unbelievable. Wow. Chris Haynes just, this is another thing. So glad we got no, that No, no, no. We have an update at this oh. hour. The Blazers are announcing that Dame Lillard and Jeremy Grant will rest tonight. Probably because of all the... That's a, you know what? I'm going to say this right now. That's a joke. Play through it? No, it's... You're trying to make the playoffs. Yeah. You're trying to make the playoffs. Is this... It, like, what... It, yeah, and You're what, not the first team in NBA history to deal with travel issues on a game day. You know what you do? You go... Let's rally the troops. Let's figure it out. You're trying to make the playoffs? Who are you sticking it to by not playing? Right? Uh, like, aren't you just screwing yourself over? I, I am stunned by that. Uh, um, so, no Dame. Okay. No Jeremy Grant. No, no Nurkic. No Simons. Uh-huh. No Winslow. That was at one point their starting five. Jay Mars was right this morning. Oh. This is officially a must win. I don't know why I feel like I'm doing I'm doing a show in Portland right now, but I don't like that. <laughs> no, I don't. What? Oh my god. Well, think about it. These guys will get a lot of rest. Is there another guy that's not playing no, or what? I'm just I I am honestly stunned, stunned by that. Yeah. I mean, so they sat on the tarmac for 7 hours and then they That's weird. It's it's all weird. Chris, are we overreacting because yeah. we are yelling yeah. right now? Why are we yelling? Because it's stupid. Like okay. if there was no there. snow, they would be playing. Yeah. Right? Okay. Thank you. It's again, don't care from if a- they landed last night. If they they were on the tarmac for seven hours, yeah. and they landed at three o'clock in the morning tonight, this morning, yeah, they would be playing tonight. You think, right? I would. You would think so. <laughs> Robin on our Discord says Chauncey Billups is the backup point guard tonight. So <laughs> stupid, oh, dude. Man. Okay, all right. Now, is this one of those games that like there's like no way the Kings lose? Is that is no, that no, just- no, no? Because that's. Oh, God. That's wild. You just look at, like, what Lillard's been doing this season. So they'll still have Shaden Sharp. Uh Who is there? Shaden Sharp, Cam Reddish, Matisse Thibel, Nasir Little, Kevin Knox, Trenton Watford, Jabari Walker. Oh, my God. If the Kings lose It's still an NBA team. It's still an NBA team. Morgan? No, no. When I look at it like this, my point is the mentality of this King squad needs to be, like, um... Portland crash. What, 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 who used to do that? Why am I thinking that? Ilana. Oh, yeah. It's Rusev Rusev crash. crash. Now, now do it for Portland. Okay. Portland crash. No, it should be King. It should be Sacramento oh. crash because you're crushing oh, Portland. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Sacramento crash. You like that? Yes. I looked right into everyone. One more just to make sure it's good. Sacramento crash. 
Wow. Thank you. Okay, a couple of things before we get out of here. Yeah. Um, how about this? This day, 1993, in Sacramento history, the Sacramento Gold Miners were admitted to the Canadian Football League as their ninth franchise, their first U.S. team. They played uh, at Hughes, excuse me, they played at Hornet Stadium, where Sac State plays. A current Warriors announcer, Tim Roy, was the radio announcer for that team. No way. And who played on that team? Who? Chris knows this. Goldberg. WWE Hall of Famer Goldberg played on no. that team on yeah. the Sacramento Gold With hair. Miners. He had hair. Yeah. What year was that? 1993. That's wild. We had a CFL team in Sacramento. World champion Canadian Football yeah. League. Um, Weird. So or No, no. I'm thinking of the... No, you're thinking of the surge, right? Surge, the which surge. yeah, Goldberg was on the surge. I think he was on the gold miners too. No? Are you sure about that? I don't, I don't think know. so. I could be making that up. I don't think Chris so. This is just making stuff up. I do know that they uh, inherited the home stadium front office and much of the roster from the Sacramento Surge after the World League of American Football folded, and then they became the Sacramento Gold Miners. Um, Morgan Kings yeah. Blazers tonight. Okay. I was joking, like, hey, make a prediction. Who you got? Yeah. Let's repeat this. Yeah. The Blazers, who tried to leave Portland yesterday, sat on the tarmac for seven hours. Then they tried to leave today at like 10 in the morning. They just left a little bit ago. Yeah. Not even They were land. shorthanded going in tonight with no Simons, no Nurkic, mm-hmm. no Justice Winslow. We just find out from Chris Haynes that Jeremy Grant and Dame Lillard will not play tonight. Who you got, Kings Blazers. It's easy, easy, easy. I got the Kings. And I had the Kings before all this, but I was I was like, I was on the borderline, like worried, you know, coming back, fresh yeah. legs. We've seen what the Kings have done when they have fresh legs for some reason. But now this is a, like, you can put those words must win before this. Because if you don't win a game like yeah. this, then you ain't the real deal. Like so, this is after the All-Star break when it's the push needs to be there. If if Vegas made the point spread thirteen and a half, mm-hmm. would you would you take that? Will the Kings win by more than thirteen and a half points tonight? I love that you break it down for me too. You're yeah, because like, well, you don't know. Gambling. Yeah, yeah, because I do not know gambling. Um, I don't know. Kings, you win by twenty five tonight. Don't mm, play around. Go no, win this see, game. I'm just saying. Go win, win by twenty five. I'm just saying win. I don't think you need to win by twenty five. If they don't win by twenty oh or more God. tonight, so stupid. What, Deuce? What? What are you gonna do? I'm not gonna be happy. Oh, oh! I'm not gonna be happy. No. I want Kessler, Kessler Edwards to have like thirty minutes tonight. That's what I want. That's what I, I want, want. I want Delhi throwing lobs to Kessler Edwards tonight. Every time I've asked for that, though, I'm like, okay, this is a game that Delhi gets in. This is a game that you know Rashawn sees some minutes. It doesn't happen. It was like in Houston. It doesn't happen. Just one more thing on yeah. this, though. It is irritating because. This is what I talk about. If tonight you are taking little uh, Betty to the game, oh, or little Johnny going to back the game, to Betty. And I can't wait! I can't wait to see Dame Dollar. I can't wait. Is it you Dame know time? what time it is? And guess what? Yeah, you don't get to see Dame Dollar. You tonight. know what no time Dame it is, kid? Load management. Got to rest. Time. You sit on a plane for seven hours. You're tired. You're tired. Dude, don't play do that, those though. Games. I don't like that. No, I know, you but we don't know the reason. Okay. We don't know the reason. All so. right. Well, coming up next, Cattles and Rami take you two to six. Or actually, it's a little earlier than that. But they're on up until game night. Then we got Kings Blazers straight ahead. All the coverage. We love you guys, but we got to go. See ya. Sacramento crash.